What is up? Welcome to Content Cube episode 50, part 2, colon 46. Uh, I'm Brian Woods. <laughs> I'm Jake Mosier. I'm Zach Holenstein. Special guest. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who John, wants to introduce him? Do I introduce him because I asked him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have here sitting with me in my, my bedroom, John Romer, who has been on the pod before, but due to technical inadequacies on my part you wouldn't know that because the episode was lost um, yeah because my audio fudged up yeah it happens you remember when we lost our uh our year-end episode yeah, <laughs> yeah that was a bad one that one was like immediate like the second we hit stop it was like uh-oh yeah see, it, it seems that audacity is blown up it was the longest it was like our longest episode to date too yeah it was like, like two we hours were sitting in my minutes. room for a long time we were in time. the fucking stew um so zach, zach explain your prompt this week um oh, so well, my prompt me, it was let, let me get talk john do you want to yeah. introduce yourself yeah like you want to talk about yourself a bit <laughs> I, I don't really have much to talk about. I don't have any, any social media to plug whatsoever. Yeah. John's a ghost. John's I, a ghost. I'm off the grid, just like that podcast episode with me in it is off the grid completely. <laughs> John so, has super magnets in his pocket that destroy any computer he comes across. So. Um, no, but the reason uh, we're doing episode 50 part two is because I seem to have forgotten to name an episode, episode uh, 46. Um, and it's too late to rename the episode. So we're, we're now going back on track. There's going to be episode 52, 50 part two. <laughs> oh, God. Colon episode 46. <laughs> this is we're going back into the timeline and filling in the blanks because this will haunt us for the rest of our fucking lives. I know. Cube, days of future so pass. for listeners who are going back to catch up, you need to watch this one before 47. <laughs> To watch it in the correct timeline. <laughs> we have a convoluted canon at Contact Cube. <laughs> All right. So, Zach, what, what have you brought us this week? I think this is a good one. Uh, so, I love, as many people know, I love ranking things. It's, I, I, I do it for fun. Yeah. Um, and so, top 10 lists yeah, are I mean, like, a big little part of ranking fact. things. Yeah. Yeah. Little yeah. known fact. After I love every episode, ranking shit. After every episode, uh, Zach looks at me and Jake and says, Jake, this week you're the best one. Brian, you're second. He, he switches up every week. He, he constantly keeping us on our toes. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say he ranks each one of the episodes after you make a new one. No, he ranks me and Jake. He, he says which one of us is his yes. favorite that week. Keeps us on our toes. Yeah. Zach, so, I'm expecting for our 100th episode you bring to the table. Each of us have to bring our 100 ranking of the Content Cube episodes. That means I have to re-listen to all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I rewatched one... all of Game of Thrones to fucking write a Game of Thrones article. <laughs> it's not that bad. You were insane for that. I had to, for the culture. Um, <laughs> so the, the prompt this week for the Content Cube, I'm excited about this one. Uh, each one of us, all four of us, uh, we have a top 10 heroes and a top 10 villains list and uh, you can pull from any medium. So movies, TV, video games, books, comics, whatever. My imagination. Um, <laughs> probably. Actually, I would draw the line there. Uh, you can't not make up a villain. Can we have real life villains? Uh, also going to draw the line there because they like, you know, could get into some messy territory. Uh, My father. So, uh, <laughs> I think it's going to have a lot of discussions. Um, you know, maybe some people are considered heroes and some people are considered villains that you think should be in the other category. That could be a discussion to have. I think we're going to have to have it at some point. Um, so I guess uh, the only question is who wants to uh, go first? 
I'm low-key kind of looking at Jake Mosier right here in the top yeah. right corner and thinking he might be uh, a good candidate to start us off. Are we starting with villains or heroes? Let's do, I think we should. I think we should all do our heroes and yeah. then all do our villains. Okay. Okay. One thing, oh, one person. No, here, going here should be fine. Here should be fine. Yeah, but I think we should, we should state heroes. what thing it's from, so if people are afraid of spoilers. They can skip ahead five minutes or something. I wonder what Brian said. Me too. I say, Brian, you disappeared. I disappeared. Brian so, is now. Uh, oh, oh, he's back. He's, it looks okay. like he's still talking. Okay. Well, um, it, we should state what thing is something is from before we say for villains, especially if it's a twist villain. Just say okay. villain of Persona Four. Definitely yeah, got it. So yeah, good idea. We'll get, we'll put a few seconds of pause yeah. between each one in case someone wants to you know yeah evade okay. that spoiler. Uh, another thing we should declare uh, another rule. Uh, now this was made. This rule was made an hour ago. Um, <laughs> so hopefully, I don't know. I know I have a feeling it wasn't really going to affect Brian or John that much. But um, for Jake and I, in terms of portrayals, like uh, you have to for for a character that has had different portrayals, like from different actors or different like universes or whatever, you would have to pick a specific one. So I couldn't just say Batman and have that encompass Adam West through Ben Affleck. Like I would have to pick a specific one. Now there'd be a difference if you pick a character that has been portrayed by two different actors, like fucking Bilbo Baggins or something, uh, because that's still the same character. It's still the same canon. It's just different points in time portrayed by different actors, but still the same character. So you would only have to say him once. Deleting every hero and replacing them with a different iteration of Batman now. <laughs> uh, the 2011 run of the comics was very good for Batman. Um <laughs> Okay, so are we starting? Here we go. Yeah. Do we want... I have, like, people I had written down as honorable mentions. Do you want those before the top ten or just quickly listed uh, afterwards? I think you should do them before. Okay. So here are the uh, the short the short list for people who didn't make it. Uh, Jack Sparrow. Soli from Monsters, Inc. Ray Star Wars. Iron Man. Terminator from Terminator 2. Jake Soli from Avatar, BJ Blaskowitz from Wolfenstein, Sora from Kingdom Hearts, and Ratchet from Ratchet and Clank. And Sully from Sully to complete your Sully trilogy of heroes. That's what I was thinking he was talking about. <laughs> the way he landed that plane was awfully heroic. Okay, now for my top 10. Number 10, from Star Wars, Princess Leia. So when I was making this list, there's a lot of like quality Star Wars Star Wars heroes, and it was it was troubling to pick which ones are going to make the list. Very interested to see what you guys choose. Uh, Princess Leia, just a wonderful character. Any of y'all got anything to say about her? Are we gonna maybe get to that later? Uh, I mean, I'll spoil it. She's not on my list, so we can talk about her. A bit. <laughs> I've never uh, seen a Star Wars with her in it. <laughs> <laughs> they're, those, they're, they're mostly good with her. Um, there's a one that isn't but um yeah she's she's a cool character man yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm about to do a uh star wars rewatch so i, I oh, yeah. maybe have more to say at a later point it's been a while okay number nine nathan drake from uncharted let's fucking um, go i think of like video game heroes he is one of the few that embodies like the blockbuster movie hero. And I know that's what the game is is aping off of is doing the whole blockbuster thing. But he is so damn charming and so damn likable. Um, so, yeah, that's my number nine. My number eight, Mulan from the 98 movie Mulan. Oh. 
Good clarification. Not the new one. <laughs> Not the new one. Though I don't know how that fits in our rules. Um, of all the dis, I was I was thinking about all the Disney movies, all the classic Disney movie. And I was like, well, I was like, none of them really like stick out to me and or even fit like what I think of as a hero. But I watched Mulan at the daycare this summer. She's a fucking badass. She's awesome. Um, by far the best Disney princess and the best Disney hero. Number seven. By far. By far the best Disney princess? Yes. Wow. We'd have to do a whole separate episode. I feel like, yeah, Loki, <laughs> yeah. like, I'm kind of feeling the top ten Disney princesses episode <laughs> at some point. Uh, number seven, Arthur Morgan from Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, mm. I played him as a hero. I know that's not necessarily what everyone has to do. Um, but his arc in my story, uh, was pretty damn good. So I, I like his fight against his past and trying to become a better person. I think it is a nice hero arc. Number six, Miles Morales from Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Um, I mean, this is him becoming a hero for the first time. Um, it's, I mean, everyone knows how great that movie is, but I think he stands out as a fantastic hero. Uh, number five. Rust Cole from True Detective Season 1. Now, I don't know. I'm classifying him as a hero, but I won't be upset with anyone who wouldn't call him that. I was looking at TV. Uh, TVs aren't really structured very often with heroes and villains. Uh, they like All the good ones at least tend to have all their characters in like a, a pretty gray area. Um, at least there's more villains than heroes at least, but I... I mean, there's he's so fucking damn quotable in that show. It's insane. Um, number four, Indiana Jones from all the Indiana Jones movies. Um, I mean, Harrison Ford. I don't need to say anything else. Um, Jake, I, I was going to say if you had Nathan Drake on this list, but not Indiana <laughs> Jones, there was going to be hell to pay. I, I was I was worried. Indiana yeah. Jones should have killed more people if he wants to, if he wants to make the fucking list. <laughs> he's got a fucking... Uh, you, you missed it in the uh, pre-show audience, but uh, Zach said Mario is not on his list because he doesn't talk. My number three, Mario, from Insane. any Mario game. Insane. You're There's lame. different iterations you fucking want. Did you not listen so to the goddamn rules? Do you think Paper Mario and Mario are the same okay. fucking person? He's okay, so heroic then. in Mario Tennis. <laughs> he is. Paper Have Mario you seen him in Super Mario, Mario Strikers? Oh, Paper sure. Mario is a different Mario than the okay, other Mario. So, Wait, what are my Mario <laughs> options if I have to pick one? Dr. We Mario. Have... <laughs> Dr. Mario is a fucking criminal, I am a... Um, I don't know. I mean, your options, Paper Mario, there's 3D Mario, uh, there's Jumpman. There, there's a lot I of think Marios you go, out there. You definitely go, I, I think you definitely go with Galaxy Mario if you have I, to pick one, right? Yeah, I, if I'm picking like a game Mario, I'd pick Odyssey's Mario. If I'm picking like a genre, I'd go 3D Mario. Yeah. Okay. Number two, Han Solo. Star Wars again, Harrison Ford. What else do I have to say? Interested to see what you guys think my number one is because it's probably uh, yeah, not what you wanna, think it's going to be. It's Goku. This is a good it's bit. Goku. Should we take some guesses? Oh, wait, one guess. I know. Brian, Brian, go. Edward go Elric from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. <laughs> no. Damn. I was. I was actually Zach. Oh man, I I would say someone from Succession, but they're all villains, aren't they? Um, Pretty much. Great, yeah, could they, maybe pass. <laughs> um, man, Matt Damon from The Martian, Mark Watney, <laughs> John, Abe Lincoln from Lincoln. 
<laughs> I don't know. I was thinking it. it I, I was thinking it had to be some like some Nolan hero, you know. I, 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 Jake Arthur Cobb from Inception. Jake loves Christopher Nolan. My, uh, is it Coop? Is it Coop from an Interstellar? No. Okay, so oh, shit. Oh, oh, no, it's God, not. It's, it's it. not. It's not. I, oh. I did consider a lot of Nolan movies, but oh, like man. like uh, Coop from Interstellar. I mean, yes, he is a hero, but I feel like he's not really necessarily like fighting against anything, which felt like kind of a necessary component of a villain like, of a hero. At least when I was considering my list. So my number one is Furiosa from Mad Max Fury Road. Um, great pick let's go yeah she's fucking incredible in that movie Charlize Theron is great um I think she is a badass the action scenes are great her arc from I mean freeing the girls to like losing all hope to still coming back to free the rest of the people fantastic that's my list who's next um John you want to go yeah I kind of I kind of do uh (laughs) I'm interested to see where this goes uh so so I guess let's just get it underway then um so number 10, there's going to be some oldies on here. So. Okay, I was anticipating this. So, I was anticipating this. Not, I mean, not a lot of them, but but there are. So number 10 is is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, both of them. Which, <laughs> that, since they, they're a duo, so it, okay. it's natural that they come packaged together as right. heroes. Um, they're a charming pair of outlaws that help needy people. Not even... But they're just so goddamn charming that you can't help but like them. And their chemistry together is also undeniable and just infectious. You know, can, I, let, I, I gotta confess it, I haven't seen it. It's a great film. I know, I'll let you break the rules. I'll let you break the rules, John. It's okay. Yeah, we'll allow the duo. <laughs> if it's at 10, we'll allow the duo. Because then we could just say one I didn't 11. know duos weren't allowed. <laughs> Uh-oh. Brian's I'm just hitting duos. a lot of duos on Brian now. All duos. Uh, <laughs> well, oops. Well, anyway. Oops, all duos. Brian's, Brian's going to hit us with his Joel and Ellie number one pick. <laughs> now he's going to hit us with that Ellie and Abby pick. That's a, that's... Grogu and, Grogu and Din, Din Jaharan. <laughs> yeah, you got me. Vision um, from the... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so number nine then for me is uh, Faye Valentine from Cowboy Bebop. Uh, she's not necessarily a hero. She's kind of an anti-hero in a sense. She was uh, essentially, this This is spoiler territory, but it's been out forever, and if you haven't seen it, too bad. Uh, <laughs> she's essentially been uh, injured and has been in a coma or in some state for decades and whenever she wakes up it's a whole new futuristic society and era um and as you watch the show cowboy bebop you discover that she has these relics from her past that remind her of the kid that she used to be but what she no longer is um and she used to be this very pure child like a cheerleader and now she is a galactic outlaw and so that disconnect and that that tormented inner self is really it makes for a really interesting character that unfolds very nicely. And she she's also someone you root for as someone who you want to find a place in society. Um, so so I think she's really great. Hell um, yeah. Go space cowgirls. Yeah, exactly. Sp- <laughs> Go space cowgirls. Uh, number eight. 
exactly like this one. And it's unexpected. It's unexpected coming out of left field. Tyrion Lannister. Oh, uh, Game of Thrones. Anti-hero, I would probably call that, him. That's really? a great pick. Anti-hero, I, really? I'd say, because there's a lot of things not to like about him. He's an asshole. Like what? He, he's just an asshole in to general. To people who deserve it. I mean, uh, however you want to look at it. he. I, I'll just call him a hero so we can spare this debate, since there's definitely people on my list who I would consider anti-heroes mm-hmm. way more than Tyrion Lannister. Right. Um, I think... He is such a complicated character and he's so interesting to watch. Definitely in a show that I hated that I thought was so boring. I think he was really interesting to watch. Uh, he all of his moments that he has are extremely tragic. He was born into a tragic position. Yeah. The season and three or season four court scene of his incredible. That's his, that's his best scene. Yes, that's his best scene in the show. And I would say his best episode. Uh of a show would be if not the trial that you just mentioned the Blackwater episode in season two where he takes command of the city's defense yeah that's great his arc in that he's got a lot of quotable moments in that one yeah and I'd say that he definitely has the most and and just the best moments in the show I would argue that he has the best it's a shame that he wasn't written too well (laughs) I think in season seven and eight and not you know they did a I think the writers D&D did a worse job on other characters in terms of but they definitely he he definitely lost some of his luster in the last couple of his seasons as a fan favorite character it was a shame to see what they did with him in the end it was was what they didn't do with him yeah yeah, it's almost like they just didn't know what to do with him yeah it's not like he did anything that's like oh that's not what he would do it's just he's not doing there's just the lack of things he's doing that yes. you think he would be doing. Yeah. Season eight soured me so bad. I completely forgot to include any of them on the heroes list. Cause yeah. now that, now that you bring it up, like I think before season eight, I probably would have put either him or Arya on this list, but, yeah. uh, RIP. I, yeah. And that, that's just, that's just facts. I, I, <laughs> I don't know. Don't know what to say there. Uh, number seven, uh, Indiana Jones. Uh, particularly the Raiders of the Lost Ark variation, since that movie is perfection, in my opinion. <laughs> it, you can't get a really a better action movie, especially from that period that it was made. Um, he he is the archetypal hero, the archetypal adventure hero. Yeah, it, he's just he's just perfect. There's not really much you can dispute about that. Um, I I think he has. Uh, like to go back to Jake's ranking with Nathan Drake, I think he has infinitely more appeal as a character than Nathan Drake does. Um, that's not to say that your ranking was invalid, but <laughs> nah, you can shit on to, it. It's OK. That's just to say that uh, I, I think they do such a, a good job at well rounding him, whereas with Nathan Drake, it's it it's not as completely well-rounded i guess yeah uh, like there, you feel more sympathy towards indiana jones uh since he's such the brooding character I would say. <laughs> more sympathy you, you <laughs> think that's so? great i've i feel a lot of sympathy for nathan drake uh <laughs> you know he had a you know he had a little harder upbringing than he didn't have sean connery to raise him john <laughs> um you know but like I don't know sean connery's upbringing i mean you hear him in that in uh he seemed a little uh, absent he's a little, a little absent of a father maybe he's well, not he's he, not giving too much attention to junior at the beginning of last crusade well and whenever um, he is present he goes uh uh say say the alphabet or something like that or, or count to uh, 11 and then he starts counting 
or Indiana starts counting and the father goes in Greek. <laughs> and that's and that's pretty much like that's pretty much of an asshole father for you. I, I don't. But in Hebrew, Jehovah in, starts with an I. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So so I guess we'll just have to uh, we'll just have to settle on that. Uh, and I got it. I got to keep moving. And I'm really I'm really delaying this. Uh, number six. Another oldie, uh, Randall McMurphy uh, from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Who the fuck? Is this Jack Nicholson's character? Yes, I, I, right. can, I can break this down for you really easily. Without spoilers, please. Yes, without right. spoilers. I haven't seen this one, but it's on the top of my list. I, I read the book over the summer. It made me cry. I've seen the movie before I saw the, before I read the book, and it was equally as great. Um, essentially it's about the struggle between the people and the institution, mm. uh, since back there, back in, back in the old days, <laughs> they used to institutionalize people who were simply socially undesirable. And so, uh, Jack Nicholson's character, Randall McMurphy, or, or in the book, whatever you please, uh, he represents the people who is, tr who are trying to fight the institution, which is represented by. Uh, the character of Nurse Ratched, who's who does all of these cruel things to the inmates at this uh, insane asylum, essentially. Uh, and what he represents is something so unique that I, I've never seen anything like it in any other hero. And for that reason, he's he's up there for me. Um, number five is uh, Samwise Gamgee uh, from Lord of the Rings. He is. <laughs> He is a why? Why are you laughing? At he's just that's just Sam. That's just I'm your Sam. You know, yeah. he's just like a cute little. He's a little Hobbit man who just you know he's just so obsessed with Frodo. Well, and that's the exact reason. He's a why good. He's, he's a good here. friend. He's a he, good friend. Yeah. That, and that's he. That's why he's on here at at so high a ranking because he does best. Uh, he does his best to fulfill the role of friendship that he's placed into both. Like as a written character and in the movie, it's such a wholesome friendship that they have, and he is so devoted to him. Yes, yeah, you don't see that a lot. I, I love, I do love the friendship aspect. But now that you've brought up Lord of the Rings, now so this is your five. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just wondering if you're gonna have enough spots with your your remaining <laughs> four to have Aragorn, Legolas, and Gandalf. Not, <laughs> Which if you can't fit one. them, then that's saying you like <laughs> you like Sam more than. Aragorn, I, Legolas, or Gandalf. I think um, if I'm watching the movie, I like those characters better. But if I think upon them and what they represent and all of that, since that's what I do, that's what I do. <laughs> John does be thinking. I, that's what I do. Uh, I, I think I appreciate him better. Uh, spoilers for all the fans out there. Uh, no Harry Potter on here. Damn. Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was so disappointed. I was really excited to make fun of him. Throwback <laughs> to whenever Zach called me a lemming for Harry Potter and then somehow got away with not being called a lemming for Marvel movies. <laughs> I'm just a ultimate just, move on my part to hold my tongue there. <laughs> oh my god. I've taken enough for it. <laughs> you have. You have. I agree. I've I've had to go through my my uh I've had to fight my battles. Yeah, so you suffer so no much with me insulting you about it every once in a while. You get your favorite movie every fucking two months, bud. Okay, yeah, you suffer so hard. <laughs> it's a hard life, dude. Being a Marvel fan is not not easy work. But anyway, no Harry Potter on here. No more Lord of the Rings either. Wow. That was Shocked. the only, that was the only All one. All Star Wars here on out, huh? No Star Wars. <laughs> oh my god. No Star Wars on this list. Um, number four is Marge Gunderson from Fargo. That's fucking played go. by Francis McDormand. 
What a absolutely lovable. That's a great character. And wonderful character. I love that pick. That's my favorite one yeah. of your picks so far. I, she's she, she's just a policewoman who's really good at her job and pregnant. Right. 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 right? Yeah. Hopefully she's got the morning sickness. Ex- yeah, exactly. And her relationship with her husband is wholesome. And as I said, she just does her job really well and she's committed to it, even though she's putting herself in danger and right. doing. So. You know what I love about it is, you know, she she's kept mostly separate from the other, uh, you know, the bad guys of the movie for pretty much the whole movie yeah. up until the very end. And, you know, we've been spending about equal time with both. And then at the end of it, it's it's you, you get that contrast of people that you've been dealing with the whole time because you have these guys that just don't fucking care. Yeah. They're bad people. And they just see the world differently than she does. And that's so clear. And then that's like my favorite scene in the movie is when she's driving uh, Peter Stormare's character back and she's just she just can't help but question why he 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 even did it. Yeah. It's she, just like life is more than just a, for a bit of money or whatever, like for whatever you did this for. And it's just like you. I love that character because she you can see that it's just not a fake kindness because she you can tell that she just doesn't even understand how someone could be so yeah. so bad. Like, she she is probably one of the most morally virtuous characters in any piece of media I've ever seen. Yeah, she's it's it's such a strong purity without with it her. without it seeming like a Boy Scout mentality. Yeah. That's like, oh, this is I'm just a goody two shoes. It's just a genuine, uh, you know, affection for for other people and just being kind. Yeah, it's not didactic. Love it. It's great. It's great. Uh, she's wonderful. Fargo the movie. Go see it. Cone Brothers are great. Watch it. It's a great movie. Absolutely. Um, number three, another duo. Uh, so I've got, Whoa. I've got, uh, I've got Edward Edward Elric at slash Ling Yao from Full Metal Brotherhood Alchemist. Okay. And the reason I put them as a duo the is not necessarily because, huh? Full Metal Brotherhood Alchemist. I, man, full I totally me- messed that up. Okay, Full Metal totally Alchemist Brotherhood. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, no spoilers. <laughs> Thank you, no Brian. I'm just thinking of how I'm going to defend this. Uh, no spoilers. Jake hasn't seen it. No, that, yeah. I know. I know. I, um, <laughs> Almost done with part three. Yes. Good. Good. Keep keep going. It's great. <laughs> um, anyway, they're, they're not necessarily a heroic duo, but they I couldn't choose between the two because they both have equally satisfying arcs and they're uh very interesting to just watch throughout the show. I really can't say more than that because it would spoil the show. Um it it's just one of the most well-written. Those two characters are some of the most well-written characters. Uh for all those who don't know, I I absolutely love Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood and that's why they're so high up there. It's kind of a really weird obsession, but I love it. Um trying to convince Everybody in the podcast to watch, except for Brian, who has already seen it. And Jake's watching it right now. So really, all you're trying to convince yes. is yeah, that. I've been, I've been <laughs> trying. People, even guys who aren't you guys, I've, I have, I've stayed on here before that Naruto is supposed to be my first anime to go through. But I've had should, other people, even apart from you guys, try to talk me out of that one. Should um, have. So I don't know. Maybe that one will be the first one. Whenever I, I, you know, segue into that phase of my life. But it's <laughs> great. It's great. Uh, moving on from that, though, uh, number two. Oh, is shit. uh top two is uh Walter White anti hero extraordinaire interesting oh, no. interesting I heard you guys talk about this on a on a prior podcast episode mm. you guys talked about him as if he was a villain but I think the appeal for me is that he's crafted in such a way that you sympathize with him 
even if you don't even if you hate him by the end of the show i can sympathize with villains bro well yeah but like he's crafted in the beginning as a hero you feel really bad for him yes and that's how it starts out Man, and so they're obviously feel gunning. bad for anakin skywalker at the beginning a bit you know yeah but like i mean i could make the argument and this is very that would that would be very controversial that Darth Vader is an anti-hero. Oh boy! <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think that's too far-fetched. He, he, he killed younglings. Yeah, bro. Yeah, but he was definitely in he was the seduced into it. Yeah, he was seduced into it. But exactly. that doesn't change the fact that what he did, you got to no. take responsibility for no, that. No, but that's what the anti part comes into play, right? All I'll say is I have no heroes on my list that killed kids or poisoned Why? them with ricin. Well. Ah, yikes. I, I think on one on. of mine killed kids. Oh, Brian remembered that that John's hero poisoned a child with ricin. Well, he well, knew he wasn't going to die. Whenever I say hero, I'm not saying someone that I like necessarily look up to. All of these heroes, oh. <laughs> all of these heroes on this list are not people that I think needs to be need to be do-gooders all the time. That's fair. Well, yeah, of course and, not. And a lot of my ranking came from the fact that I just like heroes that are very complicated. Yeah. That that's and Walter White, right, I Walter think, White is definitely yeah. <laughs> one of the most complicated ones. Uh, uh, so that's why he's number two. I I think at the beginning he's portrayed in such a way that he could be taken as the hero initially, but immediately transitions. I I have a theory for John's number one. I do too. But I don't want to get I it wrong. I feel like mine so actually gonna... might be more accurate than yours, Joe. No, no. What, yeah. what, have you Jake, seen what it, do you though? Think? Have you seen it I don't... on my list right here? No, I really uh, haven't. But I have a good theory. I honestly, I swear to God, I have a theory. And if I'm right, I swear to God, I didn't look. Okay. Well, I, I want to hear... guess we, first, Jake. I want to guess this, last. Yeah. Well, I would have said Harry Potter, but that was fucking God, thrown I, out the that window. That would have been hilarious. No that way. Would, that would have been funny. fucking hilarious. I don't like Harry Potter that much. I thought, yeah, I guess I was the worst character in his own franchise. (laughs) Yeah, Zach misled you that whole podcast. That's why I was so pissed about this. Zach, that Zach portrayed me as this person who would die for Harry Potter. I think Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part two is a great work of cinema, but I don't think the entire series is. Okay. Uh, I was surprised you didn't say Tom Riddle was a fucking anti-hero, bro. You know, I mean, he's not really. He was pretty much bad to the bone the entire time. Yeah, that's fair. All right. What do you who do you does anyone have a theory on, on John's besides my, me? My guess. See, I actually made my hero list with 12 people because oh, no. I expected two of them oh, to be man. sniped. Uh, and I think I think his number one is Arthur Morgan from the Red Dead Redemption. Hmm. My mind is very small. I, I had trouble thinking of a list, so I don't have a wide breadth of heroes here. I don't I don't I don't know. I I mean I know what John really likes, but none of those things are popping out as heroes. Is it Morgan Freeman's God from Evan Almighty? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's Evan. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Sheriff Brody from Jaws. Uh, that's everybody's guess, huh? Would be an insane thing. <laughs> would be an insane That's move. my thing. I'm not saying I think it's right, but that's my best guess. And I'm thinking I I would like to believe that Zach has this on his list, uh, has this hero on his list. Sam uh, Raimi's Spider-Man. No, no, but it's I, I wonder if this will just this will cause you to have one of those moments where you're like, how did I forget about this hero? Uh, That's why I went my, last. My number one is Ellen Ripley from the Aliens <laughs> franchise. Fuck, I should have said it. 
Fuck yeah. me. I was she. <laughs> fuck. She is definitely. I thought. She is the epitome of a hero for me. I know I said that I love complicated heroes, but she is the typical hero who is committed to what she's doing. She's courageous. All of these things. It, she has all of the traits that define a hero. And and she's also a woman. That's you big. didn't see that in any of those other movies. That's that, big. I can't, that's, I can't legit. I Yeah, I can't think of an action movie with like a female lead pre besides aliens yeah uh honestly like at that time i don't that, i can't think of one that was the guess that came to my head because i looked at heroes earlier online but you had been on the complicated train i was like she's not complicated no. so i yeah. didn't say it fuck throwing you off the set it throwing you off the set she is she's just a fantastic hero all around it's un it it's undeniable it and that that's where I stand. I, I think she is. I think she's the best. She she gets in a mecha suit. That's and fights an alien. She wields this big ass like plasma rifle. She carries this girl through a hive of aliens. You know what I'll say about her is my, my favorite moment with her besides to stay away from her. You bitch is um, <laughs> after Newt goes down that fucking vent. Yeah. Or whatever, yeah. and they have to go down there and find her, and then Newt's fucking taken by one of the xenomorphs, yeah. like right from under them as they're Damn trying to get Newt. her out. And she just and rip anyone else would have been like, that bitch is dead. You know, I would have I would have assumed Newt is dead yeah. at that point. And Ripley is so adamant that this girl is alive and like goes into the nest to fucking try and save her. Even though there's xenomorphs everywhere, and even though the entire place is going to explode yeah. very soon, she's collected. She's calm. Everything, dude. I think she's the all-around perfect hero. I'm driving back to St. Louis today, and I shit you not, I might listen to the Alien soundtrack all the way home. <laughs> See, and I, that's how I feel. I've made a good case. So uh, that that's a good, good number list. one. That's a, I good accept list, that John. number one. Zach right, Ryan, Brian, who's up? All right, Brian. You want me to go? <clears throat> yep. Okay. Um, I did a list of twelve because I expected a couple to get sniped. Ah, see, my list, like, I wouldn't say it's like my all-time greats, but I didn't want that. They are all like I like them a lot, but I didn't want to do ones that would be repeated by others. Uh, so I kind of went with the. Uh, I mostly focused on anime and video games because I knew these characters would not get. Uh, um. So uh, number twelve is uh. Itadori Yuji from Jujutsu, from Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, the spoilers for that uh, slightly. Um, John, you can take your earbuds out if you want. Um, but uh, but he's a guy that got like a demon in him at some point. And the thing I like about him is that he fucks up and fails uh, regularly. Like, uh, I mean, like he's just incredibly like he tries to be upbeat, but he's like, there's a part where like the demon takes over and like wipes out, like kills like five city blocks worth of people. And then the demon's like, check this out, kid. And then he turns back and he just looks at like the crater and he just fucking falls down and vomits. And I'm like, damn dude, that's fucking, that blows like that. That is rough. That's a rough thing. You got Uh 11 is Edith. Edith. John, you can, you can go back. Um, 11 is, uh, Edith Finch from, uh, what remains of Edith Finch? I just thought that was a good um spoilers. Um, so that game's basically about 
this uh, woman returning to her like family home or something, and there's a curse where like everyone in her family like dies a tragic premature death, and she's just like trying to like figure out more about that. And you're basically just seeing like how all these people fucking died in like weird metaphors, like kid drowned in the bathtub, you know. This dude fucking like kills himself. It's all fucking terrible. Dude gets hit by a train. And then the end, it's basically her like talking to her child because you find out she's pregnant. And then it pans out in a tur grave because she also died a terrible, tragic death, presumably, because they all do. And I thought that was uh that, that she I liked her. Um that's an basic what? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. I, I no. was just gonna say I think that's an interesting choice given she doesn't really have any set identity, Edith no. Finch. Um, and, and she represents more of a of an idea of anything. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I just think that's an in- that's a great game. I, I just thought it was an interesting like, oh, like she is trying to figure this shit out because she's pregnant. Right. Mm-hmm. In the end, it's like, <clears throat> no, I'm just going to die. My kid's probably going to die a terrible death, though. Like, it's all just yeah. all this weird fucking curse that no one knows about. Um. Uh, so those are basically honorable mentions. Uh, number ten is B.J. Blaskowitz uh, from Hell yeah. from the Wolfenstein series. Um, what a funny, what a funny set of games, man! That, like he, he's a guy. What was it? He he's in World War II, and then he got put in a coma until the eighties, where the Nazis had Nazis had won. Uh, and he's putting together a freedom. He's he's a freedom fighter. He's anti-Nazi. Great guy. Um, he just fucking hates these Nazis, man. Like. One is like great. It's like oh, he like he's doing a bunch of cool stuff. But two is where it gets fucking insane. Uh, he has like twins. Like his wife, his wife gives <laughs> twins. Um, he's like old, right? Like at this point, like he's old and dying for some reason. I don't. I guess he's just like he has like a really fucked up body because he's done so much shit. It's like uh, it's like Bruce Wayne in uh, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, <laughs> it's like your legs are kind of destroyed. Like he's basically just like. He's dying, and then um, he gets captured by the enemy, and is uh, <laughs> a fucking an incredible is, part of this game. <laughs> he is executed by beheading, and as his head falls, his um, his his fucking team grabs his head with a drone and reattaches it to a cloned body. And that is maybe one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in a video game. (laughs) It is one of the most, it's ridiculous. Like, John, Jake, can you, do you guys remember this part? Yes, this was, I mean, the most distinguishable part of this game. (laughs) I, cause I remember, I was like, wait, I was like, how is like, how are they going to get him out of this? And then she fucking (laughs) chops his head off. And I was like, oh my God, they just killed him. (laughs) What? Did I get the bad ending? Yeah, I was, I was like, is this it? I was like, is this game, is it just over? And then sure enough, his head fucking like rolls down through the sewers and they catch it and put it on the body. It's like, oh, this game's going full crazy. I love it. And then like <laughs> Hitler kills Ronald Reagan later, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a game full of singular and memorable moments. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, every single thing. I thought you might have said his wife, who at the end of the game, while pregnant, slides into this like Nazi control center, yeah. dives into this ditch, throws grenades off of her <laughs> while shooting two machine guns. Yeah. The grenades blow up the Nazis, blood splatters her, she tears off her shirt, stands up and just mows down the remaining people with great. wielding two assault rifles. Do you remember when he that? kills great. his dad or something? 
Yeah, it's wild. That, that was incredible where he's going back to his childhood home for some reason. And he's getting like flashbacks to like his dad beating him and shit. Uh, and then like he finds out his dad is like, like, no, like the Nazis were very good to me. It's like, where's mom? And it's like, is she, she was fucking, she's Jewish, dude. Like they took her and he's just fucking <laughs> yeah. like, that, that game is like, BJ is a great character. <laughs> um, Nine is uh, the 15 Sentinels from 13 Sentinels. I, I don't, I'm not going to get into it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> So that, that's characters. That's more than a duo. Um, I'm not gonna get into it, but those guys are uh they got they got stuff going on. <laughs> Number eight, uh Max and Chloe from uh Life is Strange, um season one. Yeah, um Life is Strange one. Uh they had a really good relationship, and I thought that that, that was a really good game. Y'all should that's a good it's a good one. Um they had a I great watched ending. my brother play some of that, it. That ending uh, still gets me. Um, they were a great one. Uh, seven, uh, Joker and the gang from Persona 5 Royal. Uh, don't know why I didn't I, say Phantom Thieves. Uh, <laughs> they have I was name. waiting. I was waiting for that on John's list, so I was hoping you would talk about it. Uh, John, you can you can chime in here, but I mean, they what a what a lovable cast of characters. What what a great what a great team of guys. Uh, you really get invested in yeah. these characters throughout your playthrough. It's it's one of the, it's some of the most attached I've been to any characters in any video game. Yeah, uh, like it, yeah. it's great. It's uh, they're incredible. I mean, when Joker talks, the three times he talks, you're like, Joker's talking because he is a silent protagonist, <laughs> but sometimes he'll speak full sentences and cutscenes, and you get incredibly confused. <laughs> It's hilarious. And it's the same guy who does the announcer voice for Smash Brothers, right? Yeah, it is. It's it, he has such range. He has such range. And it's very different than Smash Brothers. It's yes, a very different voice. Yeah. Uh six is Commander Shepard from uh the Mass Effect series. Um they're basically you, I guess, but I mean you just you follow them for a while. You know, you, I followed them for three games and they got their ending and, you know, that's just kind of a I, I don't really have anything incredibly distinct to say about them. But you do like they you can't they follow you for like three games. You know what I mean? You follow them, I guess. Um, five is the Elrics from Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Don't really. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I mean, we already kind of talked about them. I don't want to get too into it for uh, Jake and Zach's sake. Uh, four Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. Um, what a fucking I'm not going to get too into it because there's uh, another spot on my other list where we can really talk about. Uh, what, what was that, Zach? You froze. <laughs> I'll be honest, Brian, oh, there's I been froze? like four different times on this on this on this call where you freeze and we don't hear shit for like 10 seconds. Really? And we're like, we're just hoping that you're still talking. We, yeah. get, <laughs> we, get, we get the gist of it, though. That's Are you the, hearing that's me? The Are you hearing me, Jake? Uh, no, you're doing the same thing for me. I'm getting most of it. I mean, it's yeah, like, no, we're yeah. getting most of it. It just happened like a few gonna, times where you disappear for like five seconds. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to leave the call and rejoin. Shouldn't be an issue. Oh, oh okay. There he is. Oh, Hopefully this back. fixes it. Um, Big. So Solid Snake from Metal Gear Solid. Uh, I'll talk about that. But what an insane um, convoluted series of events. This isn't the best story, but Solid Snake's journey is one of the most... Um, 
insane fucking things. <laughs> uh, it's it goes places. I, I don't really I don't really have it in me to talk about it. But Solid Snake, an icon, if you will. <laughs> of, uh, three is two B from Near Autom- Automata. Um, that is a spoilers for Near Automata. Um, what a uh, tragic fucking thing it is. John, you're going to have to remind me. It's been years since I beat this game, but I believe like so through that game. Am I still freezing? No, no you're, you're getting okay. golden, bro. Through the game, like you're she it's her and 9S, who's like a scout unit. And 9S like wants to be her friend. and She's like trying to like keep her distance. Um, and you don't really know why. But I John, correct me if I'm wrong. It is revealed that. 2B is like, and they're androids. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It is revealed that like 2B is a execution, like her, it's like 2E, and yeah. she's actually like an execution android. And her job, like her purpose in life, is like the scout units are incredibly expensive to reproduce and like make new AIs of, mm-hmm. but they always get too curious and find out like the core of like what's like the conspiracy that's happening. Yeah. So her so actual job is that whenever 9S gets too close, she has to kill him and reset him. And it's so fucking sad, man. <laughs> like, and and 9, 9S is essentially someone who is drawn to you, uh, and another android that's drawn to you. So he feels this close bond to 2B. But then, yeah. but then 2B has to kill him. It, yeah, she always has a, to kill him. It's a brutal relationship, <laughs> to be yeah, sure. Yeah, and it like, kind of like it plays itself out like over. Like it kind of like in retrospect, because you have to play that game twice before you it's annoying. But um Yeah. Like at the beginning, nine ass is like, oh, like call me nines. Like my friends call me nines. But like he doesn't have any friends. So that's like the yeah. only thing he remembers from like their prior yeah. relationship is her calling him that. Uh when she kills him at the end of the first playthrough because he gets like corrupted or something, she says, like, why does it always end like this? And you don't really know what that means until you realize that, oh, she has to constantly kill this kid that she really cares about. Um, two is a uh, monkey D Luffy from one piece. Um, also don't have much to say. He's not an incredibly deep character, uh, in any way, but, um, but we love him. <laughs> I love him. I mean, I, I've read this fuck. I've read one piece since middle school. Uh, I'll likely read it, uh, for four years out of college. <laughs> it's been going for quite a while. Um, but I mean, he's a, uh, I don't really give a shit. It's hard to really talk about him, but he is a uh, a lovable little guy. Um, but I mean, something that I saw written about him that really <clears throat> stuck with me in a way is that, and like a lot of like these kinds of anime or show, like where in a shonen, like someone will say like they want to do something, right? Like Naruto wants to be fucking Hokage. Uh, like an anime character will have a goal, and you know they'll do it because like they're the main character, I guess. Mm. But with uh, Luffy, like someone said, like, oh, you don't believe it because he's the main character. You believe it because he's him. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, you look at this guy and you see what he's done. It's like, man, like, yeah, he can do anything. And I, I guess I, that's uh, resonated with me for the past. Am I coming on 10 years? I don't know yet. <laughs> coming on 10 years <laughs> of reading this shit. <laughs> Weekly, I might add. Um, number one, Arthur Morgan uh, from Red Dead Redemption 2. Um yeah, I mean, he he has a great fucking arc. I mean, he starts off as like a piece of shit. Like he beats that guy and gets like tuberculosis from it. You know, like <laughs> he he fucking but like when like he uh 
that scene where he fucking like tracks down that dude's family and is like trying to give her money because like she's like working as a prostitute now. And she's like, I'll never fucking forgive you. And he's like, I don't need you to forgive me. I just need you to take the money. Like, I just need you to like, or like when he's talking to the nun and he's like, I'm scared. Like, I'm scared to die. Like, I'm dying from tuberculosis and I don't want to. Like, it's that really, uh, that, that stuff really stuck with me. Yeah, great. That's my list. Uh, yeah. Great game. Zach. Oh, boy. All right. Game time. All Good right, time. I do have a shit ton of honorable benches that I'm just going to run through there. It's not going to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> Iron Man is not in the honorable mentions. Whether or not he's in the top 10 or the not top three at all is your guess. <laughs> That's top your guess. I love you 3,000. Um. <laughs> all right, all right. Just going to run through them. Steve Rogers, Captain America, honorable mention. Uh, Thor, Black Luke. Panther, Doctor Strange. <laughs> oh, you know what? Uh, Thor, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll throw him in there, too. <laughs> Ragnarok, Thor, on. That Thor. Uh, that's a different iteration, I yeah, think. Yeah, it, uh, it might as well be. Uh, Lou Solverson, that's Patrick Wilson's character from Fargo Season 2. Absolutely. Great, great honorable I mention. I love yeah. him in that fuck. He he reminds me. I know I said I wasn't going to talk about him. Just, I just got to say, though, because he it was it was on John's list. He reminds me of Francis McDormand's yeah. character a bit. Um, yeah. And obviously that's intentional because they're both Fargo, uh, but just, just baffled by how bad the world can be sometimes. Yes. Uh, and I love, I love that arc for him. Great pick. Um, Rick and Morty Sanchez, a duo, <laughs> uh, you know, you could call them anti-heroes or at least in Rick's case, anti-hero, but love it. Uh, Shoshana, Shoshana Dreyfus from Inglorious Bastards. Ripley from Aliens. Honorable. Alien and Aliens. What Ripley. The, what the uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Captain Holt from uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine. This guy hates great, women. Great man. <laughs> yeah. This guy Captain hates Holt. the women. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I have women on my list. Okay, I do. I just I had to make sure I had to make sure that I didn't <laughs> not have any women. Uh, Huey Freeman from Boondocks. Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad. Better Call Saul. Uh, Ellie from The Last of Us games. Kratos from God of War. Batman from the comics. Uh, Leslie Nope uh, from Parks and Rec. Great Doctor Doctor King Schultz from Django. Ethan Hunt from the Mission Impossible franchise, Aragorn from Lord of the Rings, Indiana Jones from the Indiana Jones franchise, and uh, the the final the final honorable mention that I saved for last because I feel like it might be a discussion on the heroes, uh, Joel Miller from the Last of Us games. Um, I'm uh, at the end of the day, he does some imperfect things that you know what I actually don't want to discuss on here because I know too many people who are going to listen to this and I don't want to spoil that great moment. At the end but, of the day, uh, he's he's only done bad things and never really done a good thing. So it's really hard to say. <laughs> to the game, the game is looked at from Ellie's perspective. Overall, I think he could be looked at as a, a very selfish flawed, a selfish hero. I I was talking about with my brother. Is he a very very flawed hero or a very very sympathetic villain it's it's you know you know it's hard to say definitely a villain i'd say but uh it's continue. Not say, we, we can't we can't <laughs> yeah. would you call him a sympathetic villain brian sure okay what about you jake just hero or villain that's the last thing before we go on the top 10 what do you think for joel miller i'm on zach's side for this one let's go Let's go. Brian says Daddy issue like central that. over here. <laughs> all right. Now, I was literally, I should clarify, I've been making this list all morning. Uh, I did a lot of brainstorming last night, but then I actually kind of had to, you know, iron it down this morning. And I was literally still doing it while you guys were talking. I saw you doing it. <laughs> I had to, I would change my mind about a few little things every now and then. Uh, my number 10, 
even though the end result of the show let me down, Jon Snow is too, he's got too much of a track record for me to leave him off. Uh, he's just, he's just a, he's like the Captain America of Game of Thrones. He's just a good yeah. fucking guy. And he has a lot of extremely heroic moments in like the most like st- typically heroic sense of the word. Like that shot on the Battle of Bastards where he whips out the sword against the whole army. That alone is enough for him to be there for me. Uh, he's been through so much, you know, like when it was a trend for like characters that have gone through more pain than Ellie, like on the Internet where people were making fun of like saying Ellie has been through more pain than anyone. Uh, I never saw anyone put Jon Snow down, but I this, I mean, yeah, he should be. He's a bastard. Uh, I mean, at this point, spoilers for Game of Thrones. Uh, he fucking got killed by his sworn brothers for trying to save lives. Literally, he wanted to save all the natives and they were against that and they fucking killed him. Uh, and then he got resurrected just for them to force him to keep fighting other wars. He, he finally is free of the Night's Watch and then he finds out that he has to go south of the wall and, and fight other battles and he just can't ever stop. Um, and then I, I, I liked his outcome in the show, which I'm not going to spoil the complete ending of the show, but I, I liked his overall arc. Uh, number nine, uh, Beatrix Kiddo, the bride from Kill Bill movies. Um, absolutely love Uma Thurman in this role. Kill Bill one has all these awesome action moments, including the last hour, which is the showdown at the blue leaves club or whatever, or whatever they call it. And, uh, her versus the crazy 88, um, and all the, the the henchmen before it, and then fighting Oren Ishii after uh, some of the coolest coolest moments I've seen in the movie. And I know it's all it's really film bro of me to do it, but I, I kill Kill Bill. I'm all no, over it. Based. I look at both of them as one movie, but yeah, I mean she's pretty great. And then Kill Bill too. You have a lot of good character moments with her and Bill, uh, where you know she actually talks through things with him without act without forgiving him. Like you know she can talk through it with him without Tarantino being like oh now she'll forgive him yeah like it, it's a really well-written second half to that that two movie arc as someone who doesn't like tarantino i i can see the appeal of her as a hero uh completely it's a very satisfying arc that they give her for through the two movies um and i can't recommend those movies enough if you haven't seen them um eight sydney prescott from the scream movies um you know she she uh for a movie that like takes the fucking slasher genre as, in general and like you know looks at the tropes of it they look at the final girl trope and they they even examine the rules of of horror movies that if you have sex you'll die uh and the whole movie she has these uh issues sexual uh sex issues because of what happened to her mom a year before which makes sense um i don't know if have you seen it jake have you seen scream no all right well i mean when when did it come out zach when did it 1996 your brother has a pretty good letterbox review of it i thought maybe you watched it with him but um no invite. either way I, spoiler alert she gets a pretty good arc because she she defies those tropes uh i mean when she does eventually sleep with her boyfriend but still doesn't die even though they said oh now you do have to die because you did that and she fights through that and then you even going through the series she has just so many great moments and then you know like how all these movies end with like the killer revealing their plan or whatever you know, by the third one, the killer's reveal literally it's one of the third one's the worst one of the four. And I'd still enjoy it though. But like he's he's like trying to justify his actions to her, like the killer's always doing these movies, like, oh, this is why I'm doing it. And she literally just cuts him off and says, Can you just shut up? I've heard all of this before. Can you just do what you're gonna do? Like, like literally, she's she's gone through this. Uh, and she, you know, she comes out on top a lot, and they 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 fucking forget that. To quote her in Scream 4, when a, the killer tries to uh tell her that 
you know, like that she's the new star and Sydney's being phased out. She goes, you forgot one rule of horror movies or remakes, and that's don't fuck with the original. And then she, you know, goes badass again. So Sydney Prescott, for sure. Definitely excited for the next Scream movie. Uh, I'm pretty excited for that. Seven, Sean from Shaun of the Dead. Uh, he doesn't have a last name in the movie, so I'm going to only assume it's of the dead. And it's <laughs> I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of this movie. Uh, I really, you know, I'll admit I uh, I can relate to the whole not taking initiative slacker uh, demeanor that he's got and how people tell him to get his life together. Uh, and I love the idea of getting this this not midlife crisis because he's, you know, he's younger than that. But this kind of this this, you know, wake up call to take charge of your life gets broken up with by his girlfriend and then uses a zombie apocalypse the next day to try and, you know, it's like first first day or the rest of my life trying to take initiative and be a hero. And, you know, you could argue that he doesn't he I mean, he tries everything he can to be the hero. But then at the end of the day, he doesn't save as many people as he wanted to. But and he feels bad about that. But then his girlfriend just reminds him that, you know, he tried. He did something, which is all you can ask. Uh, so I love that message and I love love the heart of that movie. And I think uh, Simon Pegg kills it as Sean. Love that character. Uh, six, you know, won't talk about it much because Jake already talked about him. Nathan Drake. Um, Hell yeah. All four in Charter Games. Love it. You think he's just a, a very likable character. Uh, you know, he's a thief, you know, but, you know, sometimes there's honor among thieves. He's a he's a cool he's a cool guy. Uh, it's really easy to root for. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't cuss a lot. He says, oh, crap, instead of, oh, shit, even in the most yeah. deadly of situations. Yeah, he's got incredible restraint. You can appreciate that class. He has restraint with his language, but not when it comes to paid mercenaries. Uh, I'd argue <laughs> that this man, I, I wonder if I have always asked this. I wonder if he reflects at the end of the fourth game and wonders if he has killed more people than anyone else in the history of, of the planet. Dude, like, how personal cool would that game be? <laughs> If they, like he did that, if he was like, if he I just like killed, literally like, sat back and literally like, whoa, I kill roughly 150 paid guns yeah. at least every time I do this. And those are only the games we've seen. It's implied that he's done shit apart from these games. That actually seems very consistent with what that, that seems like it could have been very consistent with what the fourth game was trying to do. <laughs> yeah, even. Like, they could have actually have done that. It's yeah. probably killed personally by his hand. I'm not talking about like Alexander the Great commanding armies to you know, go kill people because that, you know, that's a different that's a different that's argument. cheating. It's, yeah, you're, that's you're, cheating. You're pumping the yeah, numbers. We're not counting buddy. world leaders. We're not counting. <laughs> we're talking by your hand. He has probably killed thousands of people yeah. in his life. Yeah. That's insane. But you know what? He Number does it. He does it like an Avenger. He does it while making quips. So <laughs> he we does like it with it. style. He does it with some <laughs> charisma. God damn it. Uh, number five, Ahsoka Tano. Uh, yeah. Yeah. God, you make that. I fucking watched three seasons of that show, Zach. She's annoying as hell. Please sell me on her. She, dude. <laughs> She's she gets better. She's 14 there. She goes through some growing pains and that's why she has a good arc because she gets some moments where she makes mistakes and she has to learn from it. Uh, and it's her friendship with Anakin that really fucking like serves as the heart of, you know, her story. You mean Sky Guy? Yeah, Sky you guy. said it wrong. Sky Guy and Stinky. Uh, but you guys, you really need to catch up on Clone Wars and then and then Rebels, Jake. I fucking tried. I couldn't get through best it. Moments. Hey, hey if this gets you excited. My brother, Sam. So Sam finished Rebels recently. And he told me that he liked it. I had severely undersold Rebels to him, and he liked it even more than Clone Wars. And he really liked Clone Wars, especially well, towards the that's end. That's the problem is I did not like Clone especially Wars. Especially towards the end, because it gets better. You're in season three, bro. Seven, 
set. I, I, I know we've had this conversation. I can't but make it to seven. <laughs> she's got the fucking optimism and the hero mentality, uh, kind of similar to Ray. But I think Ahsoka just gets better moments that feel more earned than Ray what's, does. In what's her, her nickname that Anakin gives Snips. her? Yeah, oh my don't, don't god, worry, that gets that gets phased out. Don't you worry about that. Uh, but her the the her arc through season five and then into seven is absolutely incredible and i can't i can't recommend you go through that enough um and i'm excited to see where rosario dawson's series goes even though it's hard to picture picture her as ahsoka without the voice but i'll, I'll get used to that um number four hugh jackman's wolverine slash logan uh you know just i don't have too much to say but he's just he's been through a fucking lot and he's been around a lot a lot of his movies aren't good, but even if they aren't good, he's still good in it. Um, and Logan, just goes without saying, is one of my favorite superhero movies ever, um, if not one of my favorite movies ever. Uh, I think he gets he he did the the you know spoilers for Logan right here, guys. Uh, but he um, he got the fucking honorable superhero death what? before Tony did, you know. <laughs> and I think honestly, I'd argue sadder death than tony tony stark's death because tony stark died you know snapping for all of you know humanity or whatever in front of everyone knows the story you know it's a save the universe moment scale is huge he dies around his friends and family logan gets shoved onto a fucking branch and dies alone around some kids and his daughter who he just met and it looks brutal and he says, and he, I love you 2000. <laughs> Didn't love her quite. You beat me to it. Outgunned. <laughs> Dude, Logan, Hugh Jackman killed it. And Logan is amazing. And he's still obviously great before all that. But that really, that seals the deal that he's he's got to be up there for me. So we're in the top three now. Uh, you know, we've already talked about him enough. Han Solo, number three. Um, you know, I think you could use more scoundrels in your life, I think is what he says to Leia. He's a, he's a fucking scoundrel, but he's... He's pretty fucking smooth and charismatic. And you know what? I, As far as JJ's crimes against Star Wars, killing Han Solo off and the way he did it wasn't... I like. I kind of like that at the end of his character. It's, well, that it's wasn't a hard JJ's call, though. It's a, yeah, it seems like it might have been Harrison Ford's call. Yeah, honestly. no. Harrison Ford was like, you need to kill me or I will not be in these movies. I will not be <laughs> yeah. here unless you kill me and make it and impossible. Then, you know, he, he comes out. He comes back to hang out for a scene in Rise of Skywalker for some reason, but whatever. I can live with it. Harrison um, Ford is... Uh, is pretty much a dick of a human being. Have you ever heard oh, I'm sure. about? Oh, I'm sure. He, my, my but dad, you know he can be. I'll allow it. My, my dad uh, uh, was telling me that he appeared on Kimmel or something like that, and Kimmel goes, "I'm I was such a huge fan of Star Wars." He's like, "How do you feel about that?" Like whenever people are are huge fans of your show, he's like, "Like me, for example, I had the Han Solo like vintage action figure, and this is probably all set up, but uh." He handed it to Harrison Ford and Harrison Ford just looks at it and he just like snaps it in half. <laughs> and it didn't see it didn't seem like it was necessarily a, a bit. It seemed like he did it intentionally, um, even if Kimmel presented him with a fake figure. But it, it's yeah. still hilarious, though. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I've heard he's not a, he, he's not big into Star Wars stuff. But, you know, kudos to him for coming back for it, because I, I, you know, we're not going to get into the sequel trilogy, but I liked his parts in it. Um, now he'll only two. do movies with big CGI dogs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That I didn't the catch that pictures one. Coming out of that with the dude in the dog suit. It's awesome. Well, now that you bring up Call of the Wild, my number two, Harrison Ford from Call of the Wild. All right. Um, 
right, uh, number two, Tony Stark, Iron Man. Uh, let's go. Lemming, Lemming. We love you, three thousand. Yeah, all right, fucker. Uh, it, I love his arc, even though we're gonna, we're, you know, the glasses kind of keep him from taking the one spot. The war crime glasses. He gave we don't need to talk about that again. So we talked about that dude. enough. That, Brian, that knocked him down from the one. That did knock him. So it did have a consequence for him. It did have a consequence. Uh, you know what? I'll just assume he, you know, he still fucked up every now and then. No one's ever becomes yeah. perfect. Yeah. Um, but Tony's. Uh, what can I say about Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark? That hasn't been said a million times. He's he's a likable asshole early on, and then he just he becomes a lovable asshole that really is going through it. Uh, I for a while I had a problem with him in Age of Ultron, but and then you know in Civil War they definitely do not shy away from my, the problems I had, and they and now I love it because uh, they he is a broken man in Civil War. It seems like it really cost him a lot, and he's really going through it. He's got the PTSD in Iron Man three. Uh, you know, he's a character that honestly, one of the only characters in the series in the MCU in general that you can tell definitely has there are consequences that continue through the movies for him. Not not only like externally, like, oh, you know, he needs mandates and shit and and Pepper left for a bit from him. But like even internally, you can tell he's just like really like in pain during like Civil War. And then and during Endgame, you can see that it's a little bittersweet for him, uh, you know, that knowing that he couldn't save them. And then he ultimately does. And I, I think it's the I am Iron Man moment has got to be. I, I don't see too many movie moments in a theater topping that for me because uh, that was just I don't know. That was just little, you know, superhero fans that going insane. Anyone want to take a, a, a stab at number one? Uh, P.T. Barnum played by Hugh Jackman. Not quite. <laughs> uh, I don't like circuses. Jake. I, they, I know they who it is, animals. so I don't want to spoil it. I'm that confident. <laughs> well, come on. You Curious. gotta say it. You gotta <laughs> Brian, let Jake go last. Let, let Jake go yeah. last. Brian, what do you think? I have no idea. Uh, guy from Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> no? Nope. What you, what you think, John? John Loki might have seen. I don't know. See, no, I haven't seen anything that you said. Uh. I have to tabulate all the movie franchises, all of the major movie franchises in order to figure this one out. So I'm oh, going, wait, I know there's 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 he hasn't said uh, Christian Bale's The Dark Knight. He hasn't said Christian Bale Batman. He hasn't said Luke Skywalker. It's not Luke. It's not Luke. <laughs> it's not. Uh, I love Luke. Not my favorite part of Star Wars. Shock. I, I love, especially love him in Last Jedi. You know, that's what I thought it was. Oh well, looks like all Hockey of you from your name. <laughs> uh, it's Diddy Kong. All right. Uh, no, uh, not Funky Kong. Hey, I'll just hey, I'll just say two words. I'll say two words. Let's see if you guys get it. Hello there. No. No. Really? <laughs> wow. Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh. What? That makes sense. Oh, you you burned up in the chat. I'm fucking dumb. <laughs> Obi Wan Kenobi is fucking goaded. Uh, what, what what are we talking like? He's, well, it's one character? portrayal. Yeah, it's one portrayal because it's not like yeah. you know multiple. So you know you 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 include Ewan McGregor and Alec Guinness and the Clone Wars. Ewan McGregor, uh, which is honestly a big part of it because you see yeah, him go I, through. I some, figured that this was a Clone Wars bit. That doesn't I make mean, sense if you don't watch Clone Wars. I mean, he goes through a lot of shit in Clone Wars that you would not know about. Um, canon. It's canon. It, it is canon, canon, bro. It is canon. It's, it's canon. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, he, in, in a series that revolves around a very powerful Jedi 
falling to the dark side after bad things happen to him. And then you see that Obi-Wan Kenobi has also had very bad things happen to him and didn't falter. It's such a cool, cool fucking character. Like he, he had, you learn, so you fucking see his, his master dies in front of him. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that, that's an L right there. Uh, you know, I don't want to spoil shit for Jake, but he goes through some shit in Clone Wars that you did not know that really, really implies that he's going through it. I think uh, I know what it he, is. Stuff that he would be hiding, he would have to hide all along. Uh, still doesn't turn to the dark side. Uh, and then, you know, into the original trilogy, he's, you know, an old man. Uh, and um, but he's still fulfilling his purpose because he, he he knows what he has to do. You know, he knows that Luke is Luke is what the key to it and that he only has a small role to play. And he is completely unselfish, almost always completely unselfish. But he's not he's not completely perfect because while he never fully turns the dark side, you can tell that there are moments where uh, he, he has to tap into it a bit, at least in Clone Wars, where he gets angry over something Darth Maul does or anything like that. Uh and and you you know that he's human because he has that temptation and those moments show that he's capable of doing that, but he never completely falls into it and and stays stays in the light. You know he is the epitome of what the Jedi should be. You know not the not the what the Jedi end up being and that Luke calls him out on being in Last Jedi. So that's my he's my number one specific mainly the Ewan McGregor version, but even Clone Wars and Alec Guinness, you know, all do a great job. Love it. Think he's a great full hero. This is a pretty scorching take from you, honestly. Like, <laughs> really? I, was, I, was I think I think it only makes that. sense if you watch Clone Wars. Maybe Clone Wars helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, every every like, arc. With I, him I don't is think amazing. because I watched the prequel trilogy. <laughs> I, I didn't remember he was in those, so I think this has to be a Clone Wars take. And I think Zach is only saying it's mostly Ewan McGregor because of the memes. I think what he really means is Clone Wars Obi Wan. <laughs> the memes help. Not gonna lie. The me- Hello, the- he's got a smooth way. You know what? And he's coming back for Kenobi, bro. He's coming back, bro. That shit is so sad to me, honestly. Where he's like, oh, I fucking hate those movies. And then he got like a divorce and lost half his money. Uh, thank God. Back. I love Star Wars. <laughs> thank God. This is big. And they say divorce court is unfair to men. But look at us. Now we get an Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> All right, villains. <laughs> if, if divorce court is so unfair to men, how come I, a man, am about to enjoy a new Obi Wan Kenobi series? <laughs> Sorry, Maguire. I, I love divorce. Okay, Brian, great. I have a question before for you before we get into villains. Mm-hmm. Should we stop, save this, and start a new thing so that we don't lose it, or is that going to make it more difficult to edit? Uh, it'll will not make it that much harder to edit, but I don't. I mean, yeah, uh, we can stop and save. Well, we can. Just, I'm just. Yeah. You think we're fine? I think we're fine, but you know the fear is always there. Um, <laughs> I let's am stop. here, Brian. Let's stop. Let's stop <laughs> okay. real quick. Okay, Mosier, Jake Mosier, villains. Here, here we go. Oh boy. Honorable mentions. <laughs> we have. A Morton Joe, Mad Max Fury Road. Oh boy. Joker from the Batman Arkham series. Uh, Davy Jones from the Pirates of the Caribbean. That CGI fucks. It's so good. Cersei Lannister, Game of Thrones. Thanos from Infinity War. The Alien from Alien. And presumably, if I have seen Aliens, the multiple Aliens from Aliens. And then my final honorable mention 
Al-Qaeda from Remember Me, the 2010 R-Pats romance movie. <laughs> That's so good, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, getting into my actual list. At number 10, Darth Vader from Star Wars. Um, I mean... What, what what new stuff does do I have to say that anyone hasn't said about Darth Vader? Only at ten. Um, huh? Some of only at ten. Um, I think We're getting started early. <laughs> I I think like I iconography wise, like that that is the most memorable part of him. His costume is incredible. The voice is incredible. His presence is great. But beyond what is happening with this character, besides like the reveal at the. Uh, episode five and then like his arc in episode six like i don't think his character if i'm being honest is insanely interesting um but the performance is good and i mean like i said it's darth vader hey, number you, nine hey, you see the last five minutes of rogue one though dog <laughs> best hero because i of did that. <laughs> and that that part is very cool that is true um nine number nine i mentioned this uh you're gonna hear a few things i already mentioned when we did the tv villains um my number nine Killgrave uh in jessica jones Oh, David Tennant, I gotta watch that, bro. David Tennant is one of my favorite actors of all time, and he, I think, like my favorite type of villain is one that can be so fucking despicable and awful, yet you watch them and are both charmed and entertained and somewhat sympathetic, and he manages to pull that off. Um, so yes, uh, Killgrave uh, number nine. I no. think uh, I think we might see. Um David Tennant again on John's list for his his Goblet of Fire character. <laughs> Dude, I love a good I mean, tournament arc. I yeah. love a good tournament. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is determined by us one of the best movies of the highest grossing movies of all time, right? Zach? Was, you know what pissed me off about that? It wasn't even that a Harry Potter ma- movie beat Titanic. It was that fucking Goblet of Fire was the one that did it. Goblet of Fire. Dude, I meant to Dude. tell you. I meant to tell you. I did the bracket only one Harry Potter made it to the third round. All of them got away. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Round. Did Goblet of Fire beat Titanic? Yeah. God definitely. damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Tournament arc, bro. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Uh, number eight, <laughs> Gus Spring from oh, both Breaking one. Bad and Better Call Saul. That's a good one. Um, I mean, this has been the defining role for Giancarlo Esposito. Everything he does now has to replicate this in some shape or form in terms of just being a menacing presence. Um, I honestly, I mean, it's been a while since I've watched Breaking Bad, so I'm mostly pulling from his Better Call Saul character. I mean, just a phenomenal performance and a very... A very terrifying villain on such a like human level in that he's not he's not like a Darth Vader. He's not a Thanos. We're not fuckering massacring millions. We're just a terrifying person. And he's great. Um, number seven, depression from Celeste. Um, Let's go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Celeste is an incredibly powerful game. And yes, depression is just embodied in this other form of the main character but it's so affecting it is such a perfect way to not only have her she's climbing this mountain she's overcoming her problems but to have this other side of her represented in another human being that i mean i think is a perfect way to display mental illness that it is like it transforms people into people they don't want to be and it's great um madeline almost made my heroes list yeah, I, I consider that as well. She's great. John, have you played Celeste? No, I, I've actually been meaning to. I, I got into that whole 
side-scrolling platforming kind of game with Hollow Knight uh, recently. Great I, game. I really love yeah, it's it's a great game. I really <laughs> loved it a lot. And so I started looking at games that were very similar to it. And that was on there. I just haven't bit the bullet yet. Yeah, Celeste is uh this is not a a, a pot this is not an episode about video games, but I can talk about game for a long time. Number six, Dutch Vanderlind from Red Dead Redemption 2. Um kind of on the opposite side of arthur morgan he starts in the game i mean he's already a pretty bad person but he's not set up to be the necessary villain of the game and over the course he becomes he he keeps making worse and worse decisions more selfish and selfish decisions fucking over everyone else in their group and it just builds and builds to the point where he doesn't really care for anyone but himself and isolates everyone else and he's great uh, voice acting is great. His arc is great. Love him. Um, number five, Lotso from Toy Story 3. Wow. The like only, <laughs> the only animated villain I could think of that has ever left any lasting impact on me at all. Saddam Hussein um, in the South Park movie didn't do that for you, bro. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> no (laughs) um lotso just i think for like creating a a sympathetic villain in a kid's movie i feel like it's pretty hard to do but they give him enough of a background i think his multiple turns where you think he might be good the very end you think he like oh he just wants help like once they help and save him he's gonna and he's just a fucking awful bear he just he just wants to see him fucking burn in hell. That's one Great. bad bear. That's one bad yeah. bear. <laughs> um, my no- <laughs> Who, who's the I worst almost- bear? Lotso or the the mother bear from Revenant? Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. Lotso's pretty cruel. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> for my number uh, or for Lotso, um, when we posted about the episode, I almost took the gif where it's where it's like him in his house with his child and it's like i was thrown away and i was changed forever <laughs> but don't want to spoil i'm still waiting one. for the lotso the lotso spin-off joker movie it was kind I of a it. fuck up on our part to do this before Koala came out you know what i mean <laughs> true i watched that trailer actually yesterday looks like dog uh, shit oh my <laughs> i watched it back to back to the joker trailer <laughs> pretty similar they're essentially the same trailer yeah is arthur i was kind of waiting for you to mention arthur fleck uh for one of your villains Jake. <laughs> or jared leto's still joker could happen from from it's the still still, i got four spots left come on oh, let's go um <laughs> we live in a society he says it in the snyder we country do. we do we live in a society i don't one of the most pathetic Ryan, things i've seen that, in a right? trailer yeah, that part looks bad. Apparently, one of the that's, most like, apparently that's like the one thing. Apparently, I read that that's like the one thing that Zack Snyder actually reshot, like to put into the movie. Oh, for the damn, I wonder why. I wonder why. John, I don't want to assign you to another episode before we see how this one's received. But if you have interest <laughs> in the Snyder cut, we yeah, will be doing. I mean, it's a Snyder cut episode. It's an unavoidable piece of content that we're going to have to discuss. <laughs> 
for better or worse, John. Yeah. I personally am, <laughs> am looking forward to seeing what all the hullabaloo is about uh, <laughs> with the Snyder Cut. Maybe as someone who is pretty anti-superhero movie, that would be a good thing to look oh, into. Boy. <laughs> I just love the thought that John has to sit down and watch a four-hour CGI comic book movie. Yeah. Uh, Let's go. That's, I, so I think that's worth it alone to have him on for it. But black, black suit Superman, though. I know you're excited, dude. Let's go, dude. Okay, here we go. Uh, top four. Number four, Selena Meyer from Veep. Um, I oh, talked about this extensively me. on the other episode. I forgot about Selena Meyer. I mean, th- this one moment sums up why she is this high on the list. She is trying to get the candidacy for her party. She needs all the other people to drop out. She needs the votes. Her daughter is gay, and she says to this person who is running, she goes, I will cut gay marriage i will ban it i will not allow it and that moment right there is when i said this is the most awful human being i've ever witnessed in any piece of media that's why she's at number four um my number three spoilers jump ahead about a minute for what yeah you gotta say that for the last of us part two okay oh boy so you have you have 50 seconds now (laughs) okay okay number three is Abby slash Ellie our first villain duo? Wow, um, I love that. I love that. Yes, I think I think it is incredibly hard to pull off where at the end of the game, you have an audience that is split on how they feel about each character and that for both two characters, you can view them as a hero, you can view them as a villain, you can view them empathetically to both to realize why they're making the choices they made. But in the end, they both they both are villains to each other. And I think... That's why they are on this list. So I, that is it. I got then s- hopefully that hit around 50 seconds. I got to say, I cannot agree at all that Abby is a villain. Oh. I cannot agree with that. <laughs> I, and I, I, I agree with you, John. I agree. I, 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 Zach and I a lot of it's perspective. I, I don't know. I think we should call the spoilers now. But well, Hey, John. Okay, brief, John, John, there will be a moment to talk about it later. Don't worry. All right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Uh, oh, that so that's means my number Ellie's three. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and Joel, right. probably, if I had to guess. <laughs> I'm uh, loving this. My number two, my number two, Logan Roy from Succession. I mean, this man's just fucking brutal. He destroys all his kids. That, yeah, Brian right. Cox. He destroys his kids over and over in every way, shape, or form. I don't think he truly loves any of them. He just wants to hold power over them and treat them like pieces of shit. And he manages to do that while doing the same reason I love uh, Kilgrave in Jessica Jones and that it is an incredibly charming and uh, entertaining performance where every line of dialogue that comes out of his mouth is either laugh out loud funny or terrifying. He, for anyone who's seen the bore on the floor episode, I think that's enough to show why he's an incredible villain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then... I had to do it. I'm a film bro. Oh, Number oh, one, Joker oh, from oh, The Dark Knight. Oh. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I had to do it. I've watched this movie twice this year. And that per- that performance and how that character's written, I think is like the peak of what a traditional villain can be. This man is so in chaos every fucking way he can. And it is just like twist of like twist after twist in terms of what type of chaos he's ensuing from the boat 
to the, oh, pick who you're going to save. And from every line of dialogue he delivers from the scene, the interrogation scene, he's like, fucking hit me. Like, I want I want to take it. It's just it's incredible. And that's my list. I thought we were going to do the whole guessing thing. Yeah, no, I, honestly, that would have been my guess. <laughs> yeah, but it would have been my guess. I made fun of him yeah. and like guessed Bowser. <laughs> yeah we can do the guessing for y'all i forgot about that i, I was mean, too that excited was, uh, <sighs> just in case that wasn't on the you guys didn't hear right before we started recording my roommate adam opened the door and because i told him the topic last night he said bowser better be on y'all fucking list <laughs> <laughs> meanest of them all might be disappointing yeah. all right john romer um my goal with this list i have one particular pick that i think is I, I think I have a really strong argument for not because it's high necessarily, but just because he's a great villain that I think is underrated. So I'm interested to see. I'll I'll let you guys know when I get there. Um, honorable mention. I, I was thinking of someone else, but I forgot it. But I, I think I have to uh, give an honorable mention to uh, Cersei Lannister. Yeah. Um, although she's she she's just a character I look at and I say, yeah, you're just a really evil and wicked person. It, it didn't really. She didn't hit me enough like all these other villains did to be like, yeah, she needs to be on this list. But I do think that her portrayal is really right. good. I think yeah. she, I, Lena, Lena Headey. Yeah. Headey or something like that. Yeah, she's great. Uh, thing about her uh, and, you know, that's a, just put in the words of Tyrion. She she does get a, a like a rede- she does have a redeeming yeah. quality that you can like connect to. And that's uh, her, her love for her children. Yeah. Uh, so like that's that's what that's pretty much where all almost all of her motivations are based off of. So you can at least as bad as the things she does are, most of the time they're for her kids. And that's such an odd connection to make, you know, because it's like this really wicked person is doing these things for her children. It's a very contrasted motivation. Yeah. Right? Um. It, it's it's interesting character. All right. So. Uh, getting started then number 10 is a uh, dutch vanderland uh from red dead redemption 2 i, I think mm-hmm. jake's already said pretty much enough about it i, I just think he to me he st- sticks out as a villain because of how written ri- well written that game is as a whole um he's plunked into that role perfectly as the ringleader the smooth negotiator yeah. he he's a really really well-made character um so yeah. nothing more to say about that really uh number nine is roy batty from blade runner the original blade runner uh who's portrayed by rutger hauer um the final sequence whenever they're running through the abandoned apartment complex and the we're rain is blades. coming down outside yeah <laughs> the rain is coming down outside all of the wood is soaked and moldy and and like very damp and yet this guy, this character, Roy Batty, is stalking our protagonist, Harrison Ford, from the outside of the building, taunting him with all of these poetic, metaphoric remarks about uh, the position of androids in their uh, in their. It's the it's the tears in the rain monologue, right? Isn't yeah. that what it's? Uh, yeah, that's what he says. Yeah. And he's up, on the top, he's up on the top of the building holding the dove and he lets it go and he it just shuts awesome. down. It's, it's awesome. I love his, that movie. His portrayals, his portrayals, great. I definitely need to rewatch that one because I got some roommates that have been aching to watch Twenty Forty Nine because I've been building that one up great so time. hard. So I think we're gonna have a, a a double feature night soon with both of those. Ooh, that's a yeah, well, good choice. Uh-oh. Good choice. John, John Romer's interest has been peaked. Might need to get in <laughs> on that. Um. So yeah, Roy Batty, really great. Uh, I feel like you'll have this on your list. Yeah, uh, Hannibal Lecter 
Silence of the Lambs. Ooh, I I'm can't say <laughs> if I do or not. That's but kind it of definitely de- was uh, on my mind. <laughs> I would be kind of depressed because he's he's a pretty classic villain. You look at any list of any movie right. villains, he's pretty much on there. Not necessarily for how uh, how how well designed he is, but because of how Anthony Hopkins portrays him in the movie he, he 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 plays it with like a villain a, a, a disgusting killer just such a i've never seen a such a di- disgusting killer played with like such a level of like class yeah, yeah. like like he, he seems like so he's so fucking polite and well-mannered and honestly even at times well-intentioned yeah but you like he still will like remind you that he's that fucking fucked up when he'll he'll say like oh like uh, you know, I a censor once tried to a census taker once tried to test me or whatever, and I ate his whatever liver with some fava beans and Chianti or whatever. Yeah, he's yeah, he's Anthony Hopkins is fucking terrifying. You're, you're defending him as if he should be on your list. Though. I it's, wonder if he is. We'll keep going, though. Um, But yeah, th- that's just a great movie. Uh, And he does what I think a lot of modern villains try to do. And that's that kind of psycho that balance of the psychotic slash composed yeah uh type of character yeah. that's what he nails that, it yeah yeah that's what jared leto tries to do and have it, you have you seen uh i mean i haven't seen anything besides sounds lambs have you seen like the other two movies he's in as no. hannibal lecter okay neither no. have i you know honestly just speaking of silence of the lambs though i honestly i would have mentioned clarice for honorable mentions yeah. i forgot to she's a great hero i forgot to say clarice for honorable mentions also forgot to say fucking sergeant brody for jaws god damn it even though i guessed it for <laughs> you and i didn't even say it. all right moving on bad. anyway uh Number seven. This is the one that I want to convince you all on because I think it's a great hero. Very underrated. You guys won't see this coming. Villain, you uh, mean? Villain, villain. Yes, I apologize. Uh, Syndrome, The Incredibles. No, great Let's pick. Go. I thought about it. Big Fantastic pick. No, pick. Hey, dude, he, he kind of made my list in a way. Dude, he's... I wonder what that means. I, <laughs> <laughs> in a way? He's, if you think about this, this is before... I don't know. I, I feel like fandom culture has really taken off only recently like in a big way he predicted that shit but yeah he predicted it and he became a villain because of it Mm. he he kind of did the thing that a lot of people do in a way where they become obsessed but they a lot of people they just like break down he He, funneled it he has a stand dynamic yeah yeah and not only this this dude his whole plan kill all other superheroes so he can be the only hero that's cool. And then he makes turns everyone else into superheroes or whatever. Yeah. And when everyone's super, no one can be. Nobody <laughs> is. I, I have to take back some of the things I said about Lotso then because I completely forgot about Syndrome. Syndrome is like pretty fucking scary for yeah. a kid's movie. <laughs> Terrifying. I mean, everything he does, even unintentionally and from the shadows, like whenever Mr. Incredible is trying to run from the console and all those black balls are getting shot. Oh, yeah. I'm like, that's, oh my God. That's edited in such a tense way. Yeah. You know? It's great. Dude. And the music, it, it, that we could just go on about incredible. I, I love, I love <laughs> syndromes. Uh, one thing I love about syndrome is that he is still, even though he fucking hates Mr. Incredible now, it's evident that he, he makes evident that he's still kind of in like, you know, still in a sort of way, a fan yes. of like superheroes. Cause he's like, Oh, like that was so cool how yeah. you took that out and then you hid under the course of another super like that's awesome or whatever. Yeah. Like and like that's you can tell he's still really into all that and thinks it's awesome, even though he's trying to take him down himself. That monologue is great. 
Every oh, you got me monologuing. Yeah. <laughs> every <laughs> you slide dog. <laughs> yeah. Every monologue he has is great. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jason I, Lee's great. Jason Lee kills it yeah. uh, as the voice actor there. And I mean, he steals Jack Jack at the end, which is one of the most messed up. Steal the <laughs> steal the baby from a family from a family that values family above all else. It's it's good great. He's a moment. great villain. He's, He's a, a good great, villain. I I feel like I sold it well enough, even though you guys are already on board. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So syndrome's number seven. Uh oh, I lied about Lord of the Rings, by the way. Uh, Gollum from Lord of the Rings <laughs> is number six on here. Uh, just I I think he kind of speaks for himself. Uh, in a lot of yeah. ways, I, he's iconic. He's got the icon factor. He's got that. the split personality. Andy Circus is great. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got he's got the animation to him. His whole obsession is pretty original. Uh, the the split personality is kind of a novel thing. I mean, you have to contextualize a lot of these villains in the time that they were produced. Right. And Gollum was early early 2000s doesn't look bad at all yeah i mean he look doesn't look bad and he's also a novel villain for that time um and i think he's great he's he's kind of it's not like i'm hiding my good intentions and i'm actually or i i'm showing you good intentions but i'm a villain it's that he's actually torn between his real self yeah there's part of him that wants to it it seems like there is part of him that wants to help frodo yes so yeah because he wants he wants to get rid of that that evil within him and that would that would can't really do it can he though jake in the end <laughs> he, can't. he bites the hand that feeds uh he goes down with his ship if you will but yeah anyway that, that's i think that's pretty self-spoken um number five norman bates i uh, thought about that too i love Psycho. that i love that another another point that kind another villain that kind of speaks for himself at the time norman bates that character another psychological villain mm-hmm. is insane i mean the final scene in psycho iconic it's is so, iconic it's a big scary twist. to this day it's it's terrifying and he does it so well and it honestly my favorite scene with him uh isn't even like any of like the scene where he's doing something bad necessarily but like it's uh, like one almost where like right after he's introduced where he's they're having that like i think she goes into his office for coffee or mm-hmm. something it's just like all the dead animals on the wall yes. it's like anthony perkins in that scene uh you know just clearly being like he's kind of clearly a delicate sensitive guy yeah but you don't you don't suspect him of anything early i you know at first i didn't i didn't know the twist of the movie i don't know if you guys know the twist of psycho but, you know, he is a bad guy, even though he might not even realize it. Well, the twist, it's been out long enough. Yeah. And it's an iconic thing. The whole twist is the whole time he's acted like he's had to been taking care of his mother, who is confined to the household that above uh, the motel, above the motel the creepy, that the he creepy runs. house above the motel looks awesome. Yeah. And so you see this woman, this woman silhouette in the windows and stuff. And you think that he's taking care of his mother until you get to the very end. and You find out. That his mother is dead, sitting in a rocking chair in the basement, and he imitates her and a split personality kind of thing again. Mm. And it's it's terrifying because he is convinced that he's his mother because he's trying to uphold her memory, essentially. Mm. And what was that? That was was he that has one of my what? favorite. He's got that uh, Anthony Perkins uh, quote quoted by the villain in Scream. Uh, we all go a little mad sometimes. It's just it's great. It's a, he's a he's like 
He's a creepy character, and, but he plays it so well. And what year was that? I forget. 1960. Even. 19, 1960, guys. That, that's like a pretty chilling villain for that time. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. So uh, yeah. shower scene, iconic, too. So all iconic. You know, he's got to get credit for that. Um, number four is Anton Chigurh from No Country for Old Men. Yep. Uh, portrayed by uh, Javier Bardem. If for anybody who doesn't know, He's a villain that goes around with the compressed air canister and kills people by shooting compressed air shots into their head. Terrifying. Uh, and I mean, he's a relentless, chilling, stalking character. And it, I mean, and silent too. That's the creepiest yeah. part. A relentless silence to him. And it, it just the way that he's portrayed is excellent. And I really can't describe it any better uh, than viewing it could do justice to. You right. Know? Like, you have I, to I would it. almost say like in terms of a non, I don't, I can't think of many scarier characters from non horror films. Yeah. He is intimidating and just absolutely like terrifying. He's the kind of guy you're scared to see a silhouette of outside your window or something. He's yeah. the type of guy that makes that a he, reality. He's, he's got the coin flip bit going for him that is yeah. so tense to watch at yeah. times. Yeah. He, his, he determines whether he kills you by flipping a coin. That's how messed up he is. And he, has, he has you call it. Yeah. He has you call it. <laughs> yeah. It, it's a really well done character, which I guess you need to attribute to Cormac McCarthy, who wrote the novel yeah. Uh, completely emotionless. Um, it, it, he's a great villain. Definitely watch that movie. That's an all time favorite. Um, number three, th this is this is spoiler kind of territory, but also not. Um, so For this what? is a, a, a persona five, but I'm not going to spoil anything. I don't think. I'll allow it. Um, so persona <laughs> persona five royal, that is. Uh, yeah. So this is kind of this is kind of a duo. So the new boss in persona five royal is who you meet at the very end. Uh, he's uh, the duo with Goro Akechi, who you meet in the original Persona 5 game. Uh, and that is that is a spoiler, but at the same time, you kind of get that sense whenever you play the game. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily ruining it that Akechi is a, a villainous character. Um, I, I really can't say much to justify that placing, uh, because it would spoil it big time. Uh, but it's it's original, I think. Uh, it And it's in a game that where there's a lot of lighthearted moments. Yeah, there's a lot of feel-good moments. And his character brings the game to absolutely crushing reality. And that's, that's the same with the final villain in the game. He introduces... The final villain introduces this extreme moral ambiguity that you never had considered before um and, and it never really doesn't open and shut case on either no it, you never feel as if you have a definitive answer of what's right and wrong um yeah. can, and, I, can i can i explain like what he's trying to do yeah yeah, yeah. i mean go ahead it's complicated but yeah like, it's it, i think i, I, think I can it. explain it so yeah. basically in persona 5 there's like cognition and like people can like alter people's cognition that's basically what it's entirely about um but then the villain is like, oh, I can alter um, the entire world's cognition to make it so nobody is like ever put in a situation where they're sad again. Their trauma will be erased. He can alter the collective unconscious like, of society. Oh, that's pretty sick. Uh, so, so like he basically wants to like create a new world where it's like 
oh shit like your mom died like no she didn't she's fine actually like he wants to like basically like remake the world so trauma never happened to anybody ever but it's eternal sunshine of the spotless mind shit and this is the villain this is the villain and like he's it's not he doesn't have like ulterior motives or it's not even like a like at the time that like you realize it's happening it's like okay this isn't real yet like there's cracks in it but basically like his final plan is like oh no like this will go beyond cognition like it will become solidified like like his basically like final stuff is like no this will like because like when you realize like okay like something's wrong like there's like shadows of there's like memories and shit but it's like like once he like once he completes it's like no it'll be totally fine like it 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 will not just be cognition it will be like the reality of the world even isn't that what it is at the end right john yeah like like it it will go beyond like you just forgetting that your mom died it'll be your mom never did die and she's back so like it's it's the reason he's like evil like not even the reason you don't want it to happen is because like i don't even remember (laughs) the reason you don't want it to happen is because if that does happen no one's choosing for themselves what they do with their lives no one gets no one gets a decision so everything in their life is designed and that's kind of messed up yeah uh because we're we like to believe that we have free will and for someone to do that it determines it and so what a uh, great fucking thing i still think about it and people are like no he was yeah. he was totally right like and you can make a good argument for why he was right like there there's not even like some final thing where it's like no he's actually a fucking scumbag and this will like it's like no there's like zero sacrifice there's zero like it's just a perfect plan really that's like yeah and that's what that villain represents and that's why he's number three and yeah sounds like a good pick um yeah number two is uh gus fring from breaking bad oh boy uh i think he's i it also comes from the fact that I deeply love Breaking Bad as a show. That was the, that was the show that made me realize how good television. And you be. haven't even watched Better Call Saul yet. No, I've been meaning to watch that. Wow. I, I watched the first season like three times, but I have to rewatch it again in order to commit to the I series. I am. So. I have just started season three, so I think he's coming up. But. Yeah. But anyway, Jake, you already mentioned him, so I really don't need to go into anything else aside from the fact that he's a. Uh, He's also a relentless and but deeply controlled person. And he's just Giancarlo Esposito, man. He's he's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you, you don't have him on there for, as Moff Gideon from The Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that would have um, been his number one, but you don't want to repeat actors. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> no. So that that leaves number one, and none of you are going to guess okay, it. Okay, yeah. None of you are going to guess it. Can, can you? Is there a hint? No, is you there won't. John Wilkes Booth from Lincoln. It's a, it's it's from a book. <laughs> it is from a novel. Okay. Oh wow! Really? Yeah. Uh, the kids from Lord of the Flies. No. Right. <laughs> the con the con shell from the Lord of the Flies. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh... You guys want to guess anyway? Like, what would you have said? No. If uh, I, Judas from the Bible. No. Racism no, no, from I, I Kill a Mockingbird. I don't mean if like guessing given that hint. I mean if I hadn't given you the hint that it was unguessable. Uh, Ronald Reagan from my middle school history textbook. Not even when I thought you were a Harry Die Potter stand, I Alchemist. would have said Voldemort. All right, I like Jake or, and or Brian. Uh, you didn't even give it. What's his fucking name? Vicious from Cowboy. Oh yeah, vicious. That's his name. He's a pretty cool villain. So honorable yeah. mention there. Same with Voldemort. Uh, I, uh, I got him. Got an honorable mention him for Zach's sake. Wow. I, I know. I know. I know. He's number one on Zach's boy, list. My boy Tom Riddle. <laughs> um, uh, number one is Uriah Heep from David Copperfield by Charles Dickens. 
Um, David I read Copperfield. David Copperfield. Is that a magician? He's a magician, but it was a novel. <laughs> it's also the name of a novel by uh, Victorian writer Charles Dickens. Uh, Interesting. It so. Charles Dickens is known for his character work. He has these he illustrates these vivid, memorable characters. And this villain that I read about, I, I read this novel over the summer at the insistence of one of my professors. I've been meaning to read Dickens forever, got around to this book, made me cry several times. But the villain is one of the most singularly chilling villains in everything I in anything I've ever seen. He has uh, bright, fiery red hair like all over. And so his eyebrows are light enough to where you don't see them. So it always looks like he's kind of surprised. Uh, so like he'll like look at you like all serious and excited like with those eyebrows like that and they describe him in this one scene as the protagonist is in this other end of the hallway and Uriah Heep is at the end and the protagonist looks down at the end and it's only slightly illuminated and he just looks at Uriah looking over behind his back at the protagonist uh, with his bright red hair and his surprised expression and it's it was scary. I like cool. a novel being scary to me is a, a signal of a good thing. I mean, you're getting chills thinking about it. I mean, that's a, it's good imagery. It's yeah. good imagery. Um, and his whole his all of his villainy comes from the fact that he's manipulating these this family that he works for in order to get this the girl that the protagonist loves. He's trying to manipulate the father of the daughter that the protagonist Ooh. loves. And I'm so, the protagonist. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> Good tenant. Good tenant reference. <laughs> but uh, it's it, his whole plot is intricate and he's scary himself. And it, it's excellent. I don't expect any of you guys to ever actually read that novel <laughs> since it is about 900 to 1,000 pages. Oh, and you haven't, you haven't started Dune, have you, Zach? I started. I need to restart it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. They delayed it just for you. Yeah. Uh, I might do an audiobook. But it's great. And <laughs> it, it might be because it's so novel to me that I that he's number one. But I also think anybody who can write a character like that and make him seem as real and as creepy and chilling as any movie illustration or any TV show, I, I think that's that makes them better than. Uh, than like the medium of TV or movies. So that that's my reason. Definitely, uh, you know what? Judging by the fact that none of us knew this person, that's a good hot take from John Romer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's hot. I, 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 I makes me want to read books. <clears throat> it's great. It's, it's, I, it's a great book. You'll, I, I, I would not suggest getting I, I into it I've been meaning to start time. reading. I want to start reading again. I just can't fucking... I've I've talked about it before. Um, you should read uh, Cormac McCarthy's *The Road*, uh, the bleakest novel you'll ever read. I'm not looking forward to it. Of that, Vigo Mortensen. Yeah. Okay. I did see that. I saw the movie. Not a happy. Don't don't watch. Don't read the book right now. It'll make you want to hang yourself in wherever you're living. Am I up? Anyway, Brian is is it? Were you done with that guy? Yeah, that's my number one. Okay, Is it, am I up? Yes, yep. you are, Brian. I f- I feel like off of like just going with the whole manga vibe. I feel like I also <laughs> have to plug a quick honorable mention to the body holes in the Junji Ito. Oh uh, yes, manga. I, I feel <laughs> yes. like I have to plug this. Uh, this all hole I'll was say made is, for me. 
all, all I'll say is there's this horror manga essentially, and in it's a it, one shot. It's quick. It, it, in it, uh, the protagonist or the, this town that's living close by this mountain sees all of these holes that are body shaped in this nearby mountain, and so they all go to investigate it, and the protagonist finds the the shape of his body specifically his body and he goes into it fits perfectly fits like a glove and the only way he can go since he's curious is forward and so you get to the end of the comic and the one final shot at the end after he's pushed through it is his body's all twisted but because the the whole was gradual it's gradually changing it changed the shape of his body so honorable mention to that to the body to holes. The, that's a concept. That's crazy. That's a concept for sure. Yeah. Um. Sorry to interrupt no, you, Brian. No, no, no. Uh, that's a good one. That's uh, <laughs> that's that's uh, unorthodox. Um, <laughs> highly unorthodox, sir. Um, number ten, Edgar Ross from Red Dead Redemption, the fucking Fed that uh, <laughs> uh, that tricks John Marston. Uh, piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> That's a good guy. That's a good villain. Because you really fucking hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> you really fucking hate that guy. They really play off your uh, modern day police sensibilities, you know? They're yeah. Like, this, guy, this guy's a pig, but he's in the frontier. <laughs> uh, number nine, I crossed this one off because I thought I had too many and I wrote it as a joke, but it's still here because I actually had two little vi- villains. Um, And this is where uh, Syndrome was is kind of mentioned. Um, Libertarianism, Bioshock. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that is a um that, what a what an interesting setting they got there uh what if there were no regulations anymore um yeah so that was more of a joke answer but again i didn't have enough villains uh, so <laughs> man's entitled to the sweat of his brow come on yeah because i was thinking i'm like well it's andrew ryan but i'm like is it andrew ryan because he just kind of does this stuff he doesn't really do anything to you in the game but libertarianism kind of <laughs> does the whole thing um Number eight, Light Yagami from Death Note. Um, the main character of Death Note. Uh, he's a kid. He's like a teenager that like finds a book uh, from heaven or something. And if you write someone's name in it, they die. Uh, so he becomes obsessed with purifying society. And he's actually like the main character. Like you follow him. And uh, it's just him like trying to outsmart like the smartest policeman in the world or something. And it's... Uh, He's he's really psychotic. He he really goes to some lengths to do some stuff in that. He's very smart. Um, seven spoilers for Persona Four. Uh, skip forward uh two minutes because three is also it's, it's whatever. Um, uh, Persona Four it's a murder mystery and you're trying to figure out who this killer is and uh, basically like your uncle's friend like your uncle's a cop and he, he has a cop friend named Adachi and he's like this goofy like new detective. Uh, and he's like, it's like, oh, stupid. I love stupid guys. You know, he plays this game, he's like, oh, this like lovable goofball. He's like always there. He's a friend. Uh, and then at the end, it's like, I'm I hate women. And he's the killer. Um, yeah. <laughs> wow. Fucking bitches. He sounds, sounds like, like that. Zach it's great. With his hero list. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> and you just find out he's fucking uh, completely psychotic. And he starts the incel movement. Um, <laughs> I, I, it's just a good reveal where it's like, oh shit, it's him. It's him. He's the killer. I could not have seen this one coming. Uh, yeah, he's a, it's, it's a good one. Um, number six, another persona joint, uh, persona three, um, 
crushing weight of humanity's self-hatred. Um, at the end of Persona 3, you beat the bad guys. Um, but it's like, oh, the bad guy was just like a harbinger of doom. And you, you basically, the main character, who is you, who doesn't talk. Uh, so other characters basically just say, oh, this is must, what they must have been thinking when they did this. So Persona, the franchise, uh, you're summoning like demons and like deities. So like you'll have Buddha, right? Or like a, a Hindu thing. Uh, but, but they're too afraid to touch Christianity. So basically at the end of the game, the hero realizes shit like, no, like this will always keep happening. The world will always start to end because humanity wants to die subconsciously. Humanity <laughs> hates it. Humanity is so self-loathing that it, this, that this need for death will always come for it. So his persona changes into Messiah, which is him on a cross uh clearly jesus uh he then sacrifices himself <laughs> and um becomes a giant gate or something keeping like humanity's self-hatred at bay and i guess what's so crushing about it is because uh people in the fandom uh, are always like oh no maybe he'll come back and the reality is that there's no way because humanity will always want to fucking die which is kind of like the theme of that game it's like no he'll always be there like he'll always be like sacrifice like he can't come back that's the theme because of all of the three. persona games pretty much in a way yes her humanity yeah. hates themselves and wants to be restricted whether it's by death or by themselves or yeah something. like three is they want to die four is they don't want the truth and five is they want restriction like they don't want true freedom uh and so the reality at the end of three is that you cannot beat the crushing weight of humanity all you can do is say stave it off um <laughs> Five. Crazy. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, I just thought it was really funny when he turned into Jesus Christ. Um, five is uh, Big Boss from Metal Gear Solid. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in Metal Gear Solid. Again, I thought I'd be ready to talk about it. I'm just fucking not. Uh, <laughs> but let me just talk about the twist from Metal Gear Solid 5. So in Metal Gear Solid 5, you're playing as Big Boss, right? And then at the end, it's revealed that you're actually just some fucking chump that big boss basically needed to go into hiding and do something else. So this dude, he basically accidentally like this dude, they were in a helicopter crash and you were actually a grunt that was like flying the helicopter or something. And he basically does reconstructive surgery on you to make yourself look like big boss. And then he brainwashes you to think you're big boss. God. And so basically at the end of that game, it's you're not big boss. You're just some fucking idiot. That big boss used. And that was a pretty villainous thing of him to do. Pretty good. Uh, number four, spoilers for The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, Ellie from The Last of Us Part Two. Let's go. Um, I've thought about this and I thought about putting Abby. I thought about putting Joel. But really, when you get down to it, um, Ellie is worse than Joel in a way uh, because Joel was doing it to. Uh, I mean, Ellie went on the same murder spree that Joel did in a way. Uh, she killed probably more people than Joel did over the course of that game on her quest for revenge. Uh, and this is even after she knew what Joel did. I can't really fault Abby for it because Abby did less of what Ellie is doing in the Abby entire game. Abby did what she did because Ellie did stuff to her. I don't okay, know. okay. So, so I guess here's here's my point. I figured it out while 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 time was passing. I agree that by the end of the game, if I had to say who was the villain, I would say Ellie. But if you're looking at the game as a whole for the first half of that game, Abby is the villain. Oh, because it and tricks I, you. Yeah, yeah, it like does. Yeah. But, I, 
but I think it still functions in that way. That is why I'm calling her a villain. Yeah, sure. I understand by the end she is not, but she functions up until the turning point when she comes into the theater and fucking shoots the friend. You're like, oh my God, I fucking hate her. And then yeah. obviously you get more and you understand, but that would be my point. Well, doesn't um, that make you reevaluate it though and say like, she's definitely not the villain. Like Joel, I, I got to disagree uh, with Brian that Ellie's more villainous than Joel even. I think Joel's the villain here. <laughs> well, well, sure. But like Ellie ultimately has all the information she ever needs. Yeah. And acts on it anyways. Now, and uh, here's here's how I'd say Ellie, if we want to make, the, I would say they're all, none of them are, I would, I like all of them. <laughs> okay, say that, but if, if we are calling them villains, I would say Ellie is more villainous than Joel because what Ellie is doing in Last of Us Two is, is not is not going to be saving any lives. It is just purely for revenge. Yeah, what Joel did at the end of Last of Us is to save Ellie. It's a hard call to selfish. make as a father. Right. It's ultimately selfish, but it is a dad thing to so do. So Ellie is more villainous because she is simply out for blood. Joel was simply out to save Ellie. But she's out for blood because of what Joel did. Well, yeah, but it doesn't change what she's... The, the motivation doesn't... I mean, yeah. What, what if Joel a, hadn't done what he had done, and then Ellie would never have done what she had done? Well, right. Sure, like there's original okay. sin, but I guess... Isn't... Isn't the real villain Abby's dad for not asking for permission first? Well, that's what. That was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not but, cool of him either. <laughs> listen, I mean, like, ultimately, like, when I really think about it, Ellie never actually redeems herself. She no. simply chooses not to do something. Yeah. It's not like she ever goes out of her way to do anything good. She just simply decides not to do something bad. Still yeah. love her. Uh, sure. Um, Number three, uh, this is <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, number three, this is a deep cut. Um, Monica from uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. This is a bit of a uh, a personal pull from me. It's a good pick. I'm sure as Jake knew before he heard about it is that this is a um, surrealist. Uh, whatever. Uh, I heard about this game. It's like oh, like free visual novel does some really cool stuff. And I'm like, it's okay. I have time to kill. Like, this was like the last night I was in Columbia for like my sophomore year. I was like flying back the next day. So I'm like, I'll bang this out. You know, I'll bang this out. It's it's like a free thing that I can play. And at the beginning, it's like, hey, this game covers uh, suicide and depression. I'm like, oh, shit. Like, maybe they'll have some interesting conversations. Um, basically, it's just like you have like your childhood friend and then like four other girls or whatever. And one of them's Monica. And she starts being like weirdly mean and manipulative sometimes. And you're like, oh, that's weird. And then. um at the end of like the first run, it's basically like, oh, she's like, yeah, I just told uh, your friend not to come in today. Like she wouldn't be much help. So then it's like, oh, shit, like I should go check on her. And then you go check on her and like you open the it just like in the middle of like the text playing out because like there's no voice acting. Uh, it just cuts and uh, your friend has hung herself <laughs> um, and she's fucking dead. And I'm like, what? What and I just start like, I'm like, what the fuck is this? Um, and then it goes back to the main menu. And um, she's been like digitally removed from the main menu art. And uh, and then you do it again. And when she shows like your childhood friend, when she shows up, um, she's like a digitized, like fucked up version that like only speaks in like symbols that you would get in like Microsoft Word on accident. And then throughout, it's like Monica's like a sentient computer program. 
And then, like, she's slowly killing off the rest of the people in that game. And then at the end, you actually have to open up your fucking, like, file folder on your computer and delete her. (laughs) Like (laughs) Crazy. You have to, like, literally open it up and, like, delete her or something. It's wild. And it's, like, like, the end of that is, like, you, she's just, like, staring at you. And she's like, no, like, now we can just be alone now. And, like, she'll just talk forever. Like, she'll literally talk forever until you go into the file and delete her. And it's, uh... A lot That's going a good on pick. there. A lot That's going a, on. There. That is a good pick. <laughs> it's a really good um because I, I didn't go into that game knowing what it was. And I feel like a lot of people did. And uh was not ready for the turn that it took. Like I actually couldn't finish it. Like I just look up a playthrough on YouTube. Like when I fucking when it went back to the main menu, it was like all digitized and like fucked up and I started it and like the dead childhood friend appears as like a fucking like missing asset in Gary's mod. I was like I'm out. Like, I can't actually, I can't sit here and do this. Um, it's a good one. Uh, two, um, two is, uh, the, the spoiler, spoilers for Hunter Hunter, the Chimera Ant arc, uh, Miriam, who is the king of the Chimera Ants. Um, he's basically like, I guess like the most powerful being in existence at that point. And like throughout it, like the main character is not really doing much. Like Gone is not doing much. Uh, like, the focus is basically entirely off of the main character. It's on these other characters. And like, as they're, as all like these chimera, like as all the bad guys are fighting, like they're kind of like developing as people. Like one is like completely loyal to the King. And then he's like, no, like humanity actually has like some good points. And then he turns back again. So like, it's actually like going in like interesting, like pathways with all their development. And then Miriam, like, like people are like fighting Miriam and you're like, no, like no one can actually fight him. Like not even like the strongest human, like could not beat this thing. And then at the end it's like, no, like he got like radiation poisoning and like, he knows he's going to die. And he's just like, you know, that's fine. Like I wasn't meant to rule. And it was just so interesting because it's like in a lot of anime, like they fight, you know what I mean? Like this is a fighting anime. Like there's an anime with a lot of fighting and it's basically like setting this guy up to be like the most powerful guy in the world. And he's just like, no, like that's fine. Like I failed. Like you got me. Like I have radiation poisoning now. And I don't even think he meets the main character. It is like a 50 episode like arc and he never talks to the main character really. He never like interacts much at all, I think. It's just a very like it's a very interesting look at the human condition to see what the what all the shit was. It's a really incredible arc. I it's really really good. Um I guess now, like this is this cross off, but also doesn't have a number. I call it the bad guys from Naruto. Um, <laughs> Zach, you good? <laughs> okay. Um, this is so basically the bad guy Naruto. Uh, it's the Akatsuki. Uh, there's this guy named Pain, and he runs it, and he's basically big boss. He wants to create a world. He wants to create a world only of mercenaries. But then it's revealed that actually his idiot sidekick is the one pulling the strings, and he says he's Madara Uchiha, and then. Uh, and then it's not, it's actually this other dude's childhood friend that died and is pretending to be Madara Uchiha. But then, but then the actual Madara Uchiha comes back because he's like a clone and then, but it's the same voice actor, but the old one changed voices. So I can't actually distinguish them in my mind properly. So it's just a fucking mess. It's yeah. just a fucking mess. Good reason. But, uh, but bad anime, Zach, don't watch it. You watch right. Full Metal Alchemist. <laughs> Am I safe? Am I safe? Yeah, you're safe. Um, oh boy. Are we, so we it's taking- just a re- it's guesses? just a real fucking psycho fucking I could not believe it as I was like, I don't know who's who. We're um, taking guesses on Brian's number one. You won't know. 
but uh, I, video, Jake, Jake has it, the potential. Is it is it Blinky Ooh. the red the red ghost from Miss Pac Man? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, um, Jake John. Any guesses? I wouldn't know this though. Um, you might actually. minor 49er from if you've been keeping you? up on Brian of the Woods game of the year list for the past couple of years. Uh, the past couple of years, uh, I just read his game of the year list the other night. It's uh, not this year. It's, it's not, not this, this year, year. No, but I, I, I don't think I'll. I don't think I'll remember it. No. I'm scr- I'm, go- I'm going through my my memory of Brian games. It's a Brian game, all right. It's a Brian game. I, I liked it a lot. Exactly. Do you want another hint? Yeah. You didn't like it that much. But I played it. Yeah, I believe so. Okay. Did I ever play this? No. Fuck. What? God of War. Fuck. <laughs> God, this is this is gonna piss it's me off. It's time from the Outer Wilds. Not really. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, okay. No, it's not. It's not. Oh, it's not. Okay. It's time what from the Outer Wilds. What from Mario Kart? <laughs> the banana peels. <laughs> uh, fucking Bullet Bill from Mario. 3D That's a hero. World. Fucking uh, Mads, Mads Milkinson and Death Stranding. Oh, dude, that'd be a funny poll. But no, it's uh, Edelgard, it's Edelgard von Hressfeld from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, um, fuck me. Spoilers, I guess. Um, I guess anyone's the villain, depending on what path you take. But she's the most interesting because um, like like guy from Persona Five Royal who wants to like reshape the world. She's doing the same thing, and it's even kind of more evil. But you can choose to side with her. And it doesn't frame you as the bad guy. So like Fire Emblem is like a game. That game is like one where you pick like what path to take. Like there's three of them and it's like basically very different games in the second half. Uh, but then there's a split where basically there's this character named like the Fire Emperor or something. who's like a terrorist. who keeps like fucking with you guys. And then it's revealed that like she's the Fire Emperor. Like she it's her. It's been her the whole time. Like this character that like and I chose her as like my first path. Like, that was a massive fucking twist for me. I'm like, wait, what? Like, my, the person I chose is, like, evil? Like, they're just evil? And then I basically did a path where, like, you go against her. And, like, she is basically, like... it's The world is ruled by, like, a fucking church that's made of dragons. And then there's, like, gods and shit. And she wants to just kill them all. Like, she wants humanity <laughs> run by humanity. She doesn't want higher powers. Um, and that's, like, a noble goal. Because, like, the church is, like, evil in a lot of ways. But it's just, like, so fucking sad because, like, you get to, like, the end of that path where, like, you side against her. And she's like, no, like, you have to kill me now. Like, if you don't, like, this war just keeps going on. It, the war's been going on for, like, five years at that point after the time skip. And she's like, you have to kill me. And then, like, your fucking character, like, walks up to her and, like, she's still talking. And you just cut her down. And, like, the music just stops. It cuts to block, like, mid-sentence. And, like, it's just interesting that, like, you're, this character that like, you really liked is, like, they're bad. Like they took the, the it's a strategy game and they took my best unit away from me. Evil. Great twist. They took my unit away from me. <laughs> but then in the one where you side with her, it's not like she's being like, she's not like despicable or cruel, but like, she's like, she threw the world into war. Like that is what the crux of the game is. That Like she started a world war because she's trying to like liberate humanity from like the whole fucking magic system. Gods. Like she wants to get rid of fucking like stratified society. She's just like, Make it a good point for fascism. <laughs> like it's very, uh, it's a very hard choice to call. Like if she's right or justified in the end, but like, and I don't even really have an answer. Like I've played with, I've played against her and with her. Like I've done those two paths, and it's she's making like, 
she makes a strong argument for like every other person in that game is like a piece of shit and like she's like the only one that can like actually rule so that's why she's number one yeah good list game time bro great great reasoning brian i feel thank you i feel like i understand your choices very very strongly can i play that game this is is gonna be pretty unprofessional of me but i uh i i while you were talking i was i realized i forgot to say a couple heroes i just i had i can't not mention i can't mention you had fucking 20 honorable mentions i can't not mention sheriff brody from jaws and uh death from the sandman comics uh definitely a big fan of her in the sandman comics she's she's very cool all right that's all i was gonna say about that but i had to mention her um villains all right y'all ready for these honorable mentions really quick run through them really fast 25 of them yep (laughs) bill from kill bill hannibal lecter from the silence of the lambs uh Nathan, which is Oscar Isaac's character in Ex Machina. Um, great, great pick. Lauren Fuck, Malvin. That's a great pick. Yeah, you like that one? I thought you might be. Yeah, that was uh, a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Lauren Malvo, Billy Bob Thornton's character from Fargo season one. That was one. the honorable mention I forgot about. You, oh, yeah. I, I, yeah, he's great. That whole scene where he's like going through the building and just like. Dude, it's awesome. He's, it's he's scary. He's scary and funny. Good pick. Uh, Mike Milligan from Fargo season two. Uh, great fucking character. So watchable. Uh, Anton from No Country of Old Men. You know, John already talked about him. Uh, Selena Meyer. I added her in after Jake mentioned her because she's great. Uh, Hades from Hercules. Ramsey Bolton from Game of Thrones. Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones. Calvin Candy from Django Unchained. That's Leo's character. Michael Corleone from the Godfather trilogy. Uh, he's got a The writers of Game of Thrones from Game of Thrones. <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> Uh, the, the killer, the, the, I'm not, I can't go into details because of spoilers. I know Toby's going to listen to us. I really want him to watch scream, but Uh, the bad guy in scream, that's all I'm going to say. Um, Magneto, you know, both Ian McKellen and Michael Fassbender, you know, really watchable. Uh, uh, the T-Rex from Jurassic Park. Sauron's tower from, uh, Lord of the Rings. The uh, eye of Sauron. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Tyler Durden from Fight Club. Uh, I would iceberg from Titanic. <laughs> yeah, fuck that thing. Uh, and uh, the the final final oh Homelander uh, from the boys. And oh, then uh, that's a great pick. That's a good fucking pick. Yeah, he's he's great. Uh, that guy plays him so fucking scary. He's just so scary. Yeah, but a very interesting villain. Um, and uh, the the entire main cast of Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Uh, the main the main characters yeah. they are all villains yeah, that's a good pick. and I can't stop watching them so <laughs> uh, yep now on to my top 10 you know what spoilers for Gone Girl <laughs> coming up Amy Dunn uh, Rosamund Pike's character from Gone Girl she is fucking terrifying she is creepy yeah, yeah. she um, it's a good pick I'm not a misogynist <laughs> but if I was Women would, be crazy, bro. It would be because of her. It would be because of her. Do not trust a woman. But, uh, oh <laughs> no, just kidding. I could. You can. Zach, you can trust most of them. They, they probably Zach's, hero, Zach's, Zach's heroes list: all males. Zach's villains ben list: Affleck. all women. Ben Affleck, Skyler yeah. from Breaking Bad, yeah. Lisa from The Room. Honestly, she's she's bad. She's mean. Uh, she really betrayed my boy Johnny. Uh, yeah, so Amy Dunn is absolutely terrifying in, in Gone Girl. And um, 
I'm still very, very much attracted to her. Uh, if, <laughs> and honestly, I would, I, I only bring that up because I feel like part of my attraction to her is how fucking like psychopathic, sociopathic, whatever she is. Like it's like whoa. confirmed. Zach is not a misogynist. I am not. Uh, but you know, she's pretty cool. All right, if you've made it past the Gone Girl spoilers and you're here now, number nine. Ozymandias from the Watchmen comic. Uh, I fucking love his character. Uh, I love the whole smartest man alive gimmick that he's got going on. I love his whole plan involves creating a fucking... Have you... You know anything about Watchmen, John? No, I don't, but it's all right. I'm never going to get around to watching it. Well, not watching it, really reading it. Or right. to I'm read not, it as well. I don't know, dude. I really want John to take out his ear... Air, uh, his headphones. So right. I, I won't get around to this. It's all right. Okay. What do you mean? Take <laughs> out oh, his headphones. He next to me. Oh god. Oh stupid. All right. Either way, he has a crazy plan that involves making a, a fucking squid, a giant squid, uh, to you know kill a bunch of people and unite the world government so they I stop fighting. Yeah, I've heard about I, this. I love the fucking absurdity of yeah. that plan and how at the end it's just he's like, I've done it, and then like like <laughs> after millions of people are dead, and he's like a self-proclaimed hero. Um, you know, a, a, you, you could call him one of those completely unselfish, not completely, but like he, what he's doing, he thinks he's doing to save the world. Yeah. He thinks well, he's it, a hero. Villains that the, think like, they're heroes, I think are very interesting. He's definitely great. one of them. Yeah. That's, that's like, a very the good real, point. like, uh, are you done? Cause I have a point I mean, yeah, about no, him. Go too. ahead. The, the best, like, I think the thing that really makes him is that like, when the fucking like heroes finally confront him about it, it's like, we know everything. Like we have the documents. Like we can prove this was you. He's like, oh, this is great. No, I love you're that not. line. Yeah, you're, I know what you're. Why about are to say. you going to tell me, dude? Like the Cold War is over. Fucking Russia just entered an alliance with the United States. Are you really going to throw that away for what? So I go to jail? Like right. he, he's like he won, and like the the heroes are like, yeah, like he 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 won. Like we, what what are we going to do by releasing this information? Right. Besides make just the world even worse. Even, yeah. Uh, I, yeah, lo- like I love for what for what he did. Like it's still terrible, but like it achieved something oh, dude. very important. And like even though the heroes would prefer that didn't happen, it's like well we you won. Like we can't throw it away now. Like yeah, we gotta let your plan go through because if we didn't, then yeah. then all of it was for nothing that you just did. Uh, yeah. It, but I love about when he's ex- he explains the plan to them, and I think Night Owl or something says like, "Oh, you th- really think we're gonna let you do this?" Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Oh, I." I did this 12 minutes ago. Do you think I would have explained yeah, like, my plan yeah, to you if there like, was any chance that yeah. you could stop it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like smart. New York is a crater right now, buddy. Like, like he's like, yeah, I, I, like I already you, did it. I'm telling you what I did. I'm not telling you what I'm about to do. Yeah. yeah that's such, such a, a good cut too. Oh like, yeah. It's uh, this already happened. And then it just cuts to the honestly fucking. genius comic. I love Watchmen. Yeah. Favorite. One of my favorite things I've ever read. Uh, eight Eric Cartman from South Park. Um, he's not a good person, uh, but God damn it. If it's not pretty funny, uh, just, I'm not, instead of talking about him a lot, I'm just going to tell you one brief thing that he did that really sums up who he is as a villain. He shows up excited, uh, at the bus stop as most South Park episodes do, uh, acting like he's a man. And they're like, why are you a man now? He's like, cause I just got my first pubes or whatever. And they're like, Oh, no way. And he's like, yeah, I bought them from Scott Tennerman or whatever. A fifth grader sold him pubes <laughs> to make like for like $5 or something. And they're like, yeah, no, you have to grow them yourself, Cartman, you idiot. And so Cartman goes on in an episode long vendetta to at first get his money back. Uh, and those plans don't work. Uh, and those are pretty funny. And then after the kid burns the money in front of him, Cartman sets on a vendetta just to get revenge. 
And at first, the revenge involves training a donkey to bite off his dick, but it eventually turns into an elaborate chili cook-off uh, where he, <laughs> through a series of clever events, found a way to get Scott Tennerman's parents to show up to a ranch, get killed by a protective farmer, steal the bodies, and then put the uh, Scott Tennerman's parents into the chili and serve it to Scott uh, at the cook-off. So oh it's God. a... And he, he, he's all because of $5 that he got scammed out of. So I, I think Eric Cartman is a very, very entertaining villain. Um, number seven, Michael Myers. Um, I think, really, honestly, you can just go off the original Halloween. It gets more and more convoluted as the series goes on with the mythology of it. But uh, what John Carpenter intended with the first Halloween is for Michael Myers. They barely even say his name. He's like usually referred to as the shape uh, because he wasn't meant to be looked at as a human, but more of like, just like a force of nature, like an embodiment of evil as a force of nature. Like not he, like he is a person, but he's like almost unstoppable because of what is like he represents. And they have Donald Pleasance's character, his like psychiatrist. They're spewing over the top dialogue about how this is not a boy any, or not a human anymore, but like literally just evil behind his eyes. He never fucking talks. Uh, and he just fucking like not to make it rhyme, but he just stalks uh, like all the all these babysitters or whatever. And it's honestly scary. The first one can be scary. Um, the shot that I think of whenever I associate, whenever I think of him as a villain, the, the shot that solidifies that in my mind is uh, whenever protagonist uh, Jamie Lee Curtis walking down the street and she looks back and the guy is looking from behind the shrub. I thought oh, I'm remembering yeah. this correctly. And he's, his, his white face, his white mask is just uh, halfway cut off by the shrub. Uh, and it's this deep green contrasted with the white and he's just standing there like looking from behind yeah, it. it's it's, it's a really it's an excellent shot and then going off of really the first one it's because i like it more from the first one because they kind of they, they they make it more complicated than it needs to be with the sequels um is that michael myers does in the first one everyone knows like oh laurie strode is michael myers sister that's not the case in the first one in the <laughs> first one it is only presented that she is a random girl yeah that he just saw he just saw her and stalked her the rest of the day and until he finally like tries to kill her and kills her friends. Yeah. Um, and it, it, he, she, she fucking sees him like watching her from a window at her during school. She just looks out the window during class and he's just standing there in the distance looking at her. It's, it's stuff like that. That happens the whole movie that just makes him so fucking scary. Yeah. Uh, and then the ending of it really solidifies that, like that unbeatable, undefeatable force of nature. Like that evil is when they shoot him six times off a balcony uh, and she, she looks at the psychiatrist and goes, is that the boogeyman or whatever? Like she's, she's crying and stuff. And she had been told the whole time or whatever, like, Oh, the boogeyman's coming or whatever as a joke. Uh, and then that actually happens. And then he goes, actually, I think it might've been like, that's what literally what the doctor says. Like that actually might be the boogeyman. And they fucking look over the balcony to confirm the kill, if you will. And the fucker's gone. And then cue the, like the most, some of the most iconic music ever with the Halloween theme. And that's just a perfect movie to me. Uh, so Michael Myers is my, my seven awesome villain uh all right here we go i know you guys knew this one was coming uh thanos uh the mad titan let's go let's go yeah uh, it, it was inevitable it was inevitable uh he had to be there he wiped out half of my boys in the universe uh you know why didn't he just double the resources instead of killing half the people i don't know he is brain dead theory like the overpopulation is not an actual issue it's he, just not uh, a thing that... well you know what brian he is called the mad titan 
So uh, maybe he was crazy and just beyond the they point of reason. Me a as well man. spoken yeah. as he is, he is the Mad Titan. He is oddly well spoken. Yeah, and that's villain. why it makes him such a compelling villain because you yeah. can. He's not like part. a. Oh, this is my master. He he doesn't take pleasure. You know, fun is not something one considers when balancing the universe. Uh, you know, but. I wish they had kept him as purple as he was when they first introduced him in the after credit scene. You know, like yeah, he did him. have a look change. But uh, I mean, but, dude, for a guy that Tony has been fucking like scared of for a while, like he had heard the name. He tried to create Ultron as a, as a block against what this a threat that he could feel coming. Ultron on your list? No, Ultron's not on my <laughs> list. There's no way Ultron's going to be better. than Number Thanos. one. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Honestly, I am inevitable number two. I did forget to say my my honorable <laughs> mention Scarlet Witch though for villain. Uh, just with WandaVision right now. Spoiler, God, uh, she's she's looking like a good villain. But no, uh, back to Thanos. Um, for a guy that Tony was so scared of, and then for him to show up and absolutely be everything worthy of the fear that Tony had. Uh, <laughs> When like Tony gets fucking leveled by him when they fight in Infinity War, Tony throws everything he has at him and still gets all that for a drop of blood, and then gets fucking stabbed. And like, nah. you know, and, and I love I love that line, that Thanos line to Tony is just like, you know, like you have my respect, and I hope they remember you. Like that's such a cool thing for a villain to say to the human or like to the hero or whatever. Um, and I, I, he's just that, and his relationship with Gamora and what he has to do there. Uh, Nothing than what he does in Endgame where he gets rid of the stones. You know, all of it, it's another villain that thinks he's being the hero. And I, I love that type of character. So, and Josh Brown. Thanos ain't all that. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a, I'm a, now, I'm here's a the fucking fan. thing. Here's the fucking thing. Yeah, go <laughs> ahead. He was not worthy of Tony's fear. Tony beat his ass. And then <laughs> fucking Star-Lord happened to be there and fuck everything up. <laughs> Bro, wait, that, wait, no, Tony didn't. Oh, well, I guess, Someone yeah, Tony does mess Tony up. fought him. They fucking beat his ass. They, all, they used teamwork to get him. They used teamwork to get him. Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. And yeah. the, Dude, they, Thanos yeah. is like, your mom died. Cry about it. And then Star-Lord's <laughs> like, Star-Lord's like, I'm not, I'm my GF. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm broken up. I, I, I do you. think Thanos is, a, Thanos is good. He's yeah. a good villain. All right. Number five, uh, you know, I don't want to say too much about it because I haven't given up on people watching, catching up. But Darth Maul, mainly because of <laughs> Clone Wars shit. Uh, you know, Clone does Wars. Does he have a nickname? Clone Wars the Rebels. Like, he's the no, he does not have a a, a nickname. Malt unfortunately, <laughs> but he's dude. He's sick. Sam Witwer, who voices him, uh, does an incredible job. Uh, I don't want to say to humanize him, but he he definitely you you do feel for him a bit in the way that he he recognizes. He comes to recognize during Clone Wars that he was a pawn uh, for Palpatine and hates Palpatine just as much as anyone else does. And he knows Palpatine's plan and wants to stop it. Okay, so that's that's a very interesting arc to follow through Clone Wars. Uh, He knows about the Anakin Skywalker plan and all that. And he, he tries to warn people. And, you know, obviously it falls on deaf ears. This um, is another absolutely scorching take from it. Like, bro, when two, you watch it, you will two see Clone dude. Wars, two dude, Clone Wars characters. Darth Maul is incredible and it, and it, and it extends through Rebels a bit. Uh, and he he is a great 
great character. No, um, three three Clone Wars characters. Dude, double sided red, <laughs> double sided red lightsaber. And you know I haven't talked about Clone it's Wars. Swag. Talk, I haven't it's talked swag. about Clone Wars, but you know what? He's fucking cool in Phantom Menace. Yeah. He is the best part he's of Phantom cool. Menace, he's which cool is a bad movie. I love Star Wars. No, I'm not no, going to pretend best, Phantom Menace isn't a bad prequel movie. movie. It best is. prequel movie by Guys, far. You should have heard what Wait Adam said about it last night. I'm not going to get into it though. Um, best but, movie of all time. Yeah, no, dude. But Citizen his, and Kane. His Star Wars rankings, dude. He put oh, Empire. Oh, at fuck like out of here, Citizen Kane. He put like Empire at eight and Phantom Menace at like if he had like Phantom Menace at six for perspective. The Trade Federation. It's so dude, interesting. It's insane. It All right. is <laughs> Trade Federation. Yeah. <laughs> good. Good shit, George. Um, number four, Walter White. Um. Yeah. That's a bad guy. <laughs> he does bad things, but he's sympathetic. So, you know, sympathetic villain because you can see why he does it. But still, by the end, I love that he comes to terms with uh, that scene with Skylar where she goes, please do not try and fucking tell me you did it for me again or whatever. And I love that, uh, you know, obviously, spoilers here. If I don't know why you're listening to this part if you haven't finished Breaking Bad, but I love that he's like, no, I'm, you know, I'll admit it. I I liked it. I I, I liked doing it. And uh, that that him coming to terms with that Especially during that finale where, you know, he's still not even a good guy in the finale. He's killing people uh, strictly for no other reason. I mean, you could say he wasn't even there to save. It's not like that episode is framed as he came back to save Jesse. Mm -hmm. It's framed as he came back to just because he's pissed. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not even like, oh, he has a big redemption at the end. He doesn't. He's just, you know, he wants Jesse. He wasn't going to kill Jesse at that point. But I mean, would would you say that Jesse is an anti-hero i had i considered jesse for no. my heroes list yeah you don't uh, think, a hero. and honestly i should have mentioned for my honorable mentions i don't know how i mentioned Saul yeah. Goodman and not him jesse yeah. pinkman definitely should have been a honorable mention for me i could even replace him with Walter especially White with el camino especially considering yeah. i forgot about el camino yeah aaron yeah. paul is great in el camino um so yeah big fan of that um so yeah i mean we've already talked about walter white so i'll just go on to number three for the sake of time uh heath ledger joker Jake, uh, Jake talked about him a lot, so I don't need to say too much, but, uh, a villain that I would say unselfish, nothing about what he does is for him. He wants to see what happens when he'll do things like he's just having fun with it. He doesn't care that he gets hurt. He doesn't care if he goes to prison. Uh, in fact, it looks like he looks forward to it. I mean, it's, he, he's definitely like, Oh, it's not about the money. It's about sending a message, but like that you say it like that. That scene, the interrogation scene that Jake brought up, that's like my favorite scene in the movie because it's it's Batman has to fucking he forces Batman to confront the escalation that he's caused that uh, Gordon brought up at the end of Batman Begins that like, oh, like you start wearing a mask, you're going to inspire other people to be more theatrical on the opposite end. And that's what Joker is. Uh, And that's Joker fucking like, oh, until Batman takes off his mask, I'm going to keep doing my shit. So it it forces uh, Bruce slash Batman to like look at the consequences of his own actions and he kind of falls into that guilt. And so he has to, in order to stop Joker from winning, he forced Batman is forced to become, you know, at least in the public eye, what Joker is, which is like, you know, a fucking terrorist vigilante who killed people. Uh, and just for reasons like that. And obviously Heath Ledger's performance is a big part of that. He's just like an incredible villain to me. Um, but yeah, film bro McGee, that's, I had to do it. Uh, and you know what film bro McGee kind of extends to number two here. Uh, kind of shocked that no one else mentioned him, but uh, Hans Landa from Inglorious Bastards, I think, is absolutely incredible villain. For Christoph Waltz to fucking speak four languages fluently mm-hmm. in that role, uh, it's awesome. Well, that that's Brian. Have you seen Inglorious Bastards? 
I have. Yeah, it almost made my list. Dude, when uh, when they show up to that premiere at the end mm. and uh, proposing as Italians, <laughs> thinking that no one will try to speak Italian to them. Or even dare and, and they're like, oh, he's the, yeah, this is my Italian fucking thing. And then Hans Landa just fluently like asks some yeah. question in Italian immediately. And they're just like... It's like it's just like such a shocking and the fact that he knows that they're lying and he's doing it just to fuck with them. And like she he's like, oh, how'd you hurt your leg? And she's like, oh, I mountain climbing. And then he just fucking laughs because he she, he knows that she's lying. Yeah. I mean, and he can be a scary villain at the beginning. Like that opening scene of Inglorious Bastards fucking uh, like a fucking yeah. clinic of create building up tension through a long scene of dialogue. Uh, so he's a terrifying character, a, a repugnant character who still fucking just turns on the Nazis at the end, not because he has a change of heart or anything, but because he can just recognize that it's a futile enterprise. Right. He's he's ultimately a coward. Right. He just wants to, he just wants to get out clean from it. Uh, And it's, it's an unexpected move, but it's, I love that even at the end, even though they have to give him that deal that Brad Pitt doesn't give a fuck and just carves a swastika into his head anyway. That's, I think that's that's an incredible moment. That's fucking hilarious. Um, so yeah, that's I think he's he's my number two, and then number I, I mean number one. one's pretty clear, right? Darth, Darth Vader. Vader, Darth Vader, yeah. Anakin Skywalker, right. Darth yeah. Vader. How could it? How could I not? When I fucking let's say he's the main person in the franchise, that's pretty much half of my personality at this point. Sorry to say, <laughs> um, and I think he he's got Hayden Christensen choppy performances aside at times, very fucking the sand cool character. Is so coarse. What are you talking about? He is iconic i mean the memes are great i'm glad at this point i almost would shudder to want it any other way but uh revenge of the sith i I honestly do think he's not as bad or i think attack of clones he's a terrible actor and obviously the dialogue doesn't help i don't think he's terrible in revenge of the sith i mean he's definitely not good but he did put it this way he's definitely marketably better because he kills children in that one that's i mean yeah i mean come on that's a cool that's a cool moment uh i i am definitely a uh, big fan of the Anakin Skywalker arc. I love the whole chosen one prophecy thing that ends up kind of being bullshit. Thanks Disney, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's, I think he, I, I, I'm just trying to think of things to say that haven't already been said. Uh, I guess James Your Earl fourth Jones. Clone Wars character. Yeah. <laughs> James. Yeah. He's cool. Well, yeah. He is really cool. In Clone Wars. Really Anakin. shines in that role. I mean, yeah. he, they, they, they drop good hints throughout of what he'll end up doing. And it's, it's done well enough to where you can see it. It, it doesn't seem as sudden in revenge of the Sith when you have clone wars to build off of. Mm-hmm. There are definitely a lot of fucking seeds they plant going through that. You could see him being fed up with the Jedi. Um, and I, a big fan of James Earl Jones voices and, so iconic the i am your father twist is i mean we take it for granted now but that was just such a fucking probably crazy godlike. thing to do what'd you say probably godlike yeah i'm probably sure it was insane and then obviously he is terrifying in uh end of road one and spoilers for jedi fallen order he's pretty scary at the end of that too so i mean he definitely play. he's definitely built up well enough as this ultra powerful fucking guy um but yeah, he's he's my number one villain. Tragic villain, yeah, but definitely a villain. You kill kids, you're not going to be considered the hero. Um, but you know what? In a way, he does ultimately end up saving the galaxy. So you you still have that that redemption arc. Uh, he is Sky Guy is a great. Pick he is for the one. return of the Jedi. You know that is him. Um, so that's uh, that's, that's the heroes and villains right there. That was our longest episode. It's a good by one. Far. Yeah, I, I like by it. By far. It was fun. 
recommendations. Yeah, that, was that was a great fun. Oh man. Um, uh, I'll go first. Quick, I'll just quickly. knock it out. Okay. Uh, I don't know. The Friday the 13th movies are on stars. I've been watching those. Those are fun. <laughs> final chapter part four, the final chapter four out of 12 called the final chapter. Uh, probably the most fun one. Got everything you would want for a slash movie if you're into that thing. But if you're not into that thing, I see no scenario where you would like this movie. So if you're into that Damn. final chapter is on stars, as are the first three and like five through eight as well. So the first eight are on there. Uh, my recommendation is Minari, uh, A24, a slice of life about a Korean family that moves to America and the husband just wants to start a farm. It is funny. It is sad. It's heartfelt. Uh, you can pay for an A24 screener or just wait till it comes out to rent eventually. And then uh, I forgot a hero, Caesar, from the new Planet of the Apes movies. Great guy. That's it. <laughs> Recommend Caesar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got nothing. Uh, I'll be real. I've been I've been very busy. Um, <laughs> I've been playing Bravely Default on my 3DS. That's all right. It's a fun RPG, I guess. <laughs> oh, I've been playing Amori too, but I'll probably talk about that more at a later date. John, me? I sorry, my, my yeah. You can out. give a recommendation well, if well, you have one. Well, my audio cut out, so that's oh. why. I, oh, my bad, bro. Well, yeah. Do you do you want to give a recommendation really quick? Uh. Uh, Parts Unknown, Anthony Bourdain's travel and uh, eat and like culinary show. He He's one of the most insanely interesting and talented and wonderful human beings. And in a time like right now, his show where he travels the world and eats good food is comforting. And so highly recommend that show. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, well, John can still not hear me, but uh, thank thank him very much for coming on. I very much appreciate it. Uh, I'd love to have you on again sometime. Zach, great idea. Jake, is next week uh, Listener Sweeps Week or something? Oh, yes, it is. So pay attention. Look out for a poll that'll be coming probably Monday. Yes. Yes, it will. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, stay positive, everyone, if you can. And uh, see you next week.